0: Greetings, imperial citizens, and welcome to episode seven of the Sanction Extremist Podcast. I am your host, the Noise Marine, and I am joined by the Engine Seer. Right, it's been a long time, man. Fucking hell, real <laughs> life has got fully in the way. Yeah, I we... mean, I mean, the warp storms of life have got in the way. That's, but we're back.
1: Yeah, that was that was some hiatus. Um, hiatus, hiatus. We didn't say we're not going to do this. For oh a no, while. we just sort of ended up not doing it, and then. <laughs> Then Mark's turned up here today and all of a sudden the headphone output just decided to fuck us around. Something to do with machine spirits and yeah. we have quashed them um, and we're here. And I hope you're having a nice morning or afternoon or evening. Wherever you are in the world. Yeah. So what the fuck are we doing on episode
0: seven, Mark? Well, we have got a buttload of news and shit to catch up on. Indeed. Uh, we've wasted many trees printing off and writing <laughs> loads of notes. Um, and we've got some games to talk about. Uh, we've got some hobby to talk about. And we have got uh, our main focus, uh, which is going to be a law focus. Oh, man, we're looking at the majesty, the pinnacle of Black
1: Library writing, which is, well, anything by Aaron Debsky-Bowden. Or... yes. Aaron dembski Bowden, as I heard someone call him today. So I think I've been saying his surname wrong.
0: Oh, well, Not... fair enough. So, yeah. Let's say it as many different ways as possible <laughs> during this episode. But are we also going to talk about some other books we've listened to, um, well, I've listened to, um, and then it uh, will crack on. i tell you what, though. One thing I've got to get into real quick. Yeah.
1: Fuck water slide transfers. I just want to put that out there. Fuck them, fuck them, fuck them. Yeah, they're a bit of a pain in the arse. Oh, my God. Like, I'd never used them before, and I thought, this won't be too bad. I'll I'll watch some tutorials. Flat surfaces, I was like, mate, I shouldn't have started on these flat surfaces, because I got into a false sense of security. I thought, man, this is going really well. And then I put a slightly curved surface, put one on one of them, and relief cuts of all different angles I tried. Uh, nothing would work until I watched some video of a guy who said you know what, when it all bubbles up and goes all wrinkly and looks like shit that's fine it's going to do that let let it dry, come back with some uh, Microsol go back over it and just keep doing it and eventually it works and I thought mate, I needed to hear someone say to me <laughs> it's okay if it looks shit because yeah. nowhere on any fucking info does it say like it's going to look shit for a while don't worry about it once I heard that, I followed the guy's
0: advice and yeah, job done Oh, fair enough. Yeah, I remember trying to put um, some transfers on my primarius intercessor knees on some of the lieutenants. And, And yeah, I remember being like, this is literally not worth it. No, not worth it. But we got yeah. Again, I just like mashed it with a brush <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and used like the um, I got like the Humbrol kind of like uh, transfer adhesive stuff. Yeah, I just mashed that on it until it fit. And some of them split, but you can't. You don't really notice. You don't really notice. It's not the end of the world. No,
1: that's the one problem I had with mine. I, I did the relief cuts and it worked on one of them because it was going on a dreadnought uh, shoulder armor basically, mm. and it was the one which is the. Uh, it's like the the Aquila or a or Aquila, however the fuck you want to call it, holding yeah. the thunderbolts, and it's kind of like a rectangle shape. Yeah. So I did like an X of cuts in it with a scalpel, and it went on perfectly. But then when I did the Crimson Fist like uh, logo, which is like a circle, man, no re- no relief cuts going to help that thing. Mm-hmm. And and when when I did try them and got it half working, then I started working over with the, like a flat brush. It just started pulling bits of the transfer off. Yeah. Yeah, and it didn't yeah. look like cool battle damage. It just looked like there was a bit of the transfer somewhere else. Yeah. So
0: yeah, not. But the trouble them. is, they if they're undone properly, they do look really good. Yeah, they do it really good. Um, and and like top tip, if you get like some um, the minister and varnish that they have, um, you you do a couple of sprays of that, and it really ties it together, and you don't get that weird kind of like sticker outline. Yeah, like I've got at the moment. Yeah, but yeah, because my I did my Redemptor was exactly the same. And all my, actually, all my Primaris Marines, when I did all their um, Ultramarines markings, you really notice it until you just spray them and you're like, oh, it just ties it all in. Yeah. Really subtle. Um, yeah. So the first message of today is Fuck transfers. I bet you're glad they kind of started to do the the embossed ones now on like the shoulder pads. So you know, the much. Upgrade kits. I remember
1: when I got that upgrade kit and I was thinking, fucking hell, picking that out, all reds going to be a nightmare. And then I then I tried doing waterside transfers and I thought, thank fucking god <laughs> thank for you those. For that, yeah. Yeah. Too so right. Well, should we crack on with the imperial truth then? Uh, I think it would be rude not to.
0: All right. Where do you want to start?
1: Um, I think we should probably start with the um, inquisitorially approved elephant in the room. Yeah, the sisters of Battle Box. Yeah, and quite literally in your room. Yeah, yeah. Because I, I did manage to snag one. I, I was like, I was thinking, mate, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go for that. And then I woke up one Saturday, forgot that they go on sale at like 10am, don't they? Mm-hmm. And I was just checking, and I saw it there on, I think it was like the outpost, and it was, I think it was just slightly under 100 quid, and I was like, fuck it, I'm getting it. Yeah. Put it in the cart. For oh, maybe I check the bank balance. We're when, when near Christmas, yeah. And I'm denied. Went back to the cart. Gone. Sold out. They were sold out on every single shop apart from Firestorm Games. So, if anyone right. from Firestorm Games listens, thank you because <laughs> yeah, yeah. they were gone. they have gone off. They were just gone everywhere, weren't they? And um, well, on the mothership, they were gone in minutes. Yeah, and it's ridiculous because they knew that was going to sell. And I think it's really annoying seeing stuff pop up on eBay for. 300 or 400 quid, especially when you know it's the hype train making it that much.
0: Because, yeah. at the end of the I think day, if you look now, I think they're on there for like 150, 160, yeah. not the 300 quid and, that they were. And I think if you go into some uh, like independent
1: hobby stores, they're going to have like one box sat there,
0: yeah. They Up. have kind of tried to address it, um, by um, you can get some in your stores now, they said there'll be a limited number in shops, yeah. Um, but it's really difficult to tell whether or not it's kind of forced scarcity and they're trying to sort of generate the hype around it by doing that. Um, or they genuinely just didn't realize how many pre-orders they are. They, they, they'd, they, they, they underestimate how many they were going to need. Yeah. But surely you would, I, I don't work in business. I don't know, but surely you would put, put off a pre-order X number get ordered and you make that many. Yeah, who knows? I mean, the I, thing I is, know. it's not
1: like the factory is the other side of the world, is it? Because that's no, all own made it. in Nottingham. It's there. Yeah, <laughs> I know. There's some of their kits, though. Are, I think all the coloured—if you get coloured sprues—they're made in China.
0: Yes, like the scenery.
1: Yeah, but I mean, yeah. all the grey plastics made in Nottingham. So, eh. I mean, there's a lead time on making stuff, obviously. But uh, <sighs> yeah, and it was—it was like posted out the next week, wasn't it? Or the next couple yeah, of weeks. So. But I—I I just feel bad because I think some people get sucked in. Like me to the hype train, but we'll spend the three or four hundred quid, which I'd never do because at the end of the day, you get the box and they're like easy to build models. You're not getting that variation that you're going to get later on, which is going to cost you a fucking sight less. I mean, it's still going to be expensive, uh, more expensive than that battle box, but obviously, if you're spending three hundred quid on it, you might as well just wait and get like the.
0: Yeah, because I've got a feeling they're going to put all those battle sisters into like a start collecting set. Yeah, probably. Like they did with Shadow Spear. Yeah. Because now they've split both those sets and now you can get them both as um start collecting sets. Yeah. I so can... I bet in well, I don't know, a few months, to half a year, they'll do a new start collecting with and that'll be what's inside it. Yeah,
1: I think maybe minus the uh maybe some of the like less sistery models might come out, but I yeah. can definitely see like Penitent Engine so you like, get like, always get a vehicle, a squad, and a leader yeah, minimum. them. Yeah, but then they're putting a lot of the start
0: collecting sets up to like 100 quid now because they're putting more in them, aren't they? So who yeah, knows? and it's interesting because the, the Shadow Spear, the Space Marine, Chaos Space Marine side of it is, they're doing all of that as a start collecting. Yeah. So you get the Marines, you get the, the Obliterators, you get the Possessed, you get the, the Venom Crawler and the, the Dark, um, I can't remember his name now, the Sorcerer, basically. The guy that's holding fire and he's got a ram's face for a... Yeah, the, well, the guy skull. that's definitely evil. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. Guy, definitely bad guy. Um, that's all in a start collecting set. Yeah. But it's weird, because they've done the Primaris side, the Vanguard side, which is everything you get in the set, but minus the Captain and Librarian. So you seem to get, almost appear to get less in the um, the Space Marine side of things, but, and, and like, I don't know, and and when, and when Shadow Spear came, surely it was all on one big sprue. I can't really remember, to be honest, but, um, I don't know. I don't know. But, um, so, should we talk about the contents of the set, mate, I or do you want to should. talk about the uh, the releases? Like just your general view of it? Yeah, man, I'm good to do that. I
1: mean, overall, like obviously, like you said, I mean, we're, we're sat here with the box. Mark's had a look through the codex with the with the fancy cover that I'm really worried about getting my like oily fingerprints on. Yes, um, but the I think a lot of the just the models that aren't in that set. Seeing them and and especially seeing what <laughs> the old metal versions of them
0: mm-hmm.
1: like, holy shit! I mean, a they needed an update, but b they did a real good job. Like the um, yeah, is it? I don't know if you're you meant to say dialogus or dialogus, the shouty one. Yeah, the shouty one. Yeah, yeah, sisters, shouty. Oh fuck, <laughs> <laughs> that that model looks fucking incredible now. Like the old one is so fucking bad. It is it's, really
0: it, like it's, it's over time.
1: But yeah, I think at the time
0: it was probably still a bit shit. Yeah. Yeah. It, yeah, it is shit. There's no beating around the bush. Um but no those yeah, I really like those like the elite characters. So, yeah. Like the you get the medical one, the hospitaler, I think it's called, the 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 shouty dialogus one and then the one holding the banner.
1: Mate, and you get the Would do you mean the uh imagifier or imagifier yeah the one the one with the fucking statue on a stick yeah, yeah, oh yeah. my god that's my favorite one because and she's got like that cowl over her face isn't mate. she so it, it just it looks so good and the thing i really like about it as a amateur painter is when you look at the imagifier because that's what i'm fucking pronouncing it as, yeah, yeah that statue on a stick is just begging for contrast yes yeah uh, there's a lot of stuff on the sisters especially with all the black where contrast might look a bit kind of um
0: uh tide marky and stuff mm. but that that's just kind but of but they're perfect. quite small models and they're quite well detailed so you might get away with it yeah i yeah, think they if are you were really doing well like detailed. red um i think it would come out really well um, Yeah. and i'll go move i'll go when we get onto the hobby i'll talk about comes some of the contrast because i've had a proper go of them now yeah um and there are some color schemes that are really going to like really warm to some contrast stuff so Indeed. um yeah the new the new stuff just looks awesome and it's totally that bonkers 40k vibe it is like it's grim dark isn't it it's is grim dark um and i i love it i love the the triumph of st catherine the big procession with the yes. body that's uh, just as mad as I thought it was going to be. The the fucking floating pool pit with flamers on it. Mate, who doesn't need one of those? <laughs> who doesn't? The fucking... Like, I mean, the, I think it's a bit too far for me, but the fucking organ missile launcher with the uh, uh, fucking stained glass face. <laughs> oh, mate. I know, but they look fucking cool, don't they? I the, don't know how you're going to paint the stained glass. I, it's they're, they're just so over, over the top, but... You know, it's not out of character. Cause no, man, it, it it's totally fits. But organ for a face, I mean, that's <laughs> it's so good, isn't it? And it's so fucking bonkers. I just, <laughs> I really didn't see that coming. No, I didn't see that coming. No, at neither all. did I. But you get quite a lot in your um your starter set. It's kind of like you get like a, a beginner's army, don't you? you get Like a five hundred. Yeah, point. it is really good because I know and you get all the shit. You get you get the book. You get the cards. We'll move on to the miracle dice shortly. Oh, fucking hell, we'll leave that to the end. Um, but you get your HQ. You get your cannon nest, don't you? Yeah. You get your troop choice, you get your battle sister squad. So that's your patrol. Yeah. Like your basic formation there. Get your seraphim. You get your seraphim. So and then you get your repenture. Yep.
1: Which um, I'm I'm really liking those models. I yeah. think we spoke about this on a previous episode, didn't we? Because they're like they're so much less like sexed up yes. than the old ones.
0: Yeah, and they're like they're quite they look they look like warriors, don't they? They're yeah. like quite well built. And I really like they look they look human. Um, as opposed to the other ones were all like lithe and nimbly bimbly. Yeah. And it looked really shit. And the penitent engine, which... Oh, mate. When you look at the uh, instructions,
1: it actually looks fairly easy to build. There's mm. not that many like different parts of it. I'm so into that model because the dude in the penitent engine, yeah. He just looks in fucking agony. I love he does. it. He's
0: yeah. got that like shit going into his eyes and he's just screaming and nothing man. It's that's world grim Dark. He's isn't not it? having a good day. The penitent engine is lovely. Um and I really like the archov flagellants or flagellants. I'd say flagellants the but I mean flagellants Yeah, great. and they they look like they I know it sounds really weird but they've actually really nailed the running pose. Yeah, yeah they, they like they're really running. <laughs> um
1: it's almost got, um, I mean, I don't think it's intentional at all, but it kind of, they they give me like a almost Silent Hill vibe. Yes, yeah, yeah. And they just look kind of evil, even though they're meant to be the, the, the good guys. But mm. no, I'm, I'm, I'm heavily into them. Yeah. And I was saying to you earlier, probably loads of you listening to this watched it be unboxed already, but you know when you get like a, a fucking army box or whatever and you get the nice uh, like A4 print, Or it might be bigger than A4 I don't know I digress Uh, it's always covered in fucking holes where all the sprue goes through it this one
0: isn't an art print so it doesn't really matter if that Mm. happens but annoyingly my one's in like fine condition yeah yeah because obviously they've heard people say like if you're going to print this amazing art purely just to defend the sprues from the books or books from the sprues whichever way around you want to think about it um, you know it'd be great if this art was intact and they've sort of said well we'll just make it boring so it doesn't matter so oh well um, and and how we got to get onto the miracle dice oh well don't worry I'm getting there so you get the book as well and you get the, the cards and the strategy and stuff so you're pretty much set for like once it's built and painted or built or whatever, you can just like play a game straight away yeah the only thing you don't get is whippy stick you, you don't get whippy sticks, whippy sticks at all anymore and that's a huge marketing error I think by yeah. Games Workshop well you get the, the ruler stick don't you I suppose yeah but, but you can't hurt anyone with that <laughs> and then it bends round corners no I love a whipstick. But the piece de resistance is obviously the 12 miracle dice. Do Fucking you know, hell. I can't
1: believe... When I read about this, I thought, is there something like... Because when they advertised this product, they said about the miracle dice and they said, more on that later. And I'm thinking, like, <laughs> are these, like, weighted? Or is, is there some kind of, like, fancy thing? Like, why aren't these just dice? Um, and, like, I'm looking at it, and it actually says, when you look at this online or if you look at the box, if you sit in a shop it lists the contents and it says white dice with black pips and i'm like you how That's can dice you, <laughs> how, how, how can what meant to how like. can you talk up dice it's just it's just dice you get dice and uh cheap plastic dice
0: yeah what what i don't understand why it's it's talked up at all no and it seems really odd to like in a an army set to have dice at all like you get them in starter sets cuz you assume people are starting yeah um have dice, and I think it's a miracle that they have had more complaints about it, <laughs> to be honest. Um, speaking of complaints, though, um, did you see the misprint on the back? No, the uh Canon S that's advertised on the picture on the back.
1: Oh, it's not the one you get, it's not the one you
0: get, no. Yeah, I, and think... I saw a few people on YouTube. I say a few, it's just one person I saw on YouTube saying, Oh, this is I'm going to complain about this, and they should refund everyone or get you send you out the proper one. And I thought, No. They're just going to say, sorry, we made a mistake. Like, we're not, you're not entitled to another free Canon S miniature. It's not like you've not got one. No. Just because you've not got the easy to build. Like, companies aren't beholden. Well, I don't know, but if I worked in customer service, I'd okay, go, well... I would, I would side with you 100% on that if
1: these hadn't all sold out on the day they went on sale, because... If there was, like, an abundance of unboxing videos and people getting the time to complain about that, then you'd be able to make up your mind before you bought it. Right. But that wasn't really the case. But then, yeah, like you said, I mean, you still get a Canon S. It's just not exactly the same one. And um, at the end, end of the day, it's not a multi-part kit anyway.
0: So, yeah, I think... Well, the get, one advertised is. The one on the box is the multi oh, kit. Oh,
1: yeah, yeah. But what you're getting, wh- whatever it is, is going to be set to... Yeah. The parts in that kit, so you know already buying this, you're kind of limiting your options at building. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think Games Workshop would just say sorry, we made a mistake, and they've probably got some clause somewhere that says, you know, we're not held accountable. The for- pitch is slightly different, but the actual item is still in there. Yeah, because it doesn't say Canon S with no. and then like ex- it like explicitly saying
0: these are the things you get. Yeah, and and, and it, people have and they, the people have known that. You get the you get the the, the stock cannes that like the one yeah. that you actually get in it. The people have known that you, that's the one you're going to get for right. ages. It's just a misprint on the box. So, so I mean, t- what they, they're really going to send out like that many twenty
1: five thousand more starter boxes because of one?
0: No, mate. No, no, exactly. I thought oh, yeah, you were living. <laughs> anyway, so this is a battle. Thumbs up from sanction Extremis. Yeah, is that man. What we're saying? Yeah, we're loving it. I can't wait to take them on the battlefield. And destroy them utterly. Um, Ouch. Anyway, um, in talking of new models and being absolutely fucking bonkers, do you want to talk, Mr. Mechanicus, about your new flyer? Oh, man, the fucking Archaeopter or Archaeopter, I don't know how we say it. And the return of our favourite Scutari. Mate. In the video. <laughs> well, I think a lot of people were thinking when they did
1: the uh, rumour engine stuff, like, man, that looks kind of Mechanicus, but. I don't think... Why well, is it going to be a Mechanicus flyer? Are they really going to do that? And, yeah, yeah, they did. And I think it looks fucking awesome. There's been so many people fucking moaning about that, saying, like, oh, well, I don't know about the wings, because they just burn if it flew over any fire or anything. I'm like, hang on. So we're in, like, like M41, and wings have to be made out of canvas. Like, yeah. You know, it, it could be... It would be some kind of, like, impenetrable fucking material. Like, I don't get how they can be totally fine with... um like, space marine armour is, you know, like it's basically indestructible most of the time. But something from the Mechanicus who make that armour, they what, they can't make wings that are, like, bulletproof or fireproof. Fuck off. Yeah, I, I love it, man. I love the fact that it potentially can walk. I'm not sure on that yet, but people are saying with those legs that it might be able to come down and actually move around, which would be fucking cool. But that's yeah. just wild speculation. Yeah. Um, and, man, I mean... When I look at it, fucking stubbing heavy, flying fast. What more do you want? You got them fucking like guns all over the shop, bombs on the back. Yeah, so I can do bombing runs. Exactly. And I I just think it looks awesome. The only thing I'm worried about is getting something with the. I think we mentioned this before. When you get uh, any sort of aircraft, they have that like clear plastic
0: shell for the cockpit. Right, trying yeah. to paint that and glue it without totally fucking it up. is going to be a nightmare, but I mean... Because I've got the um, one of the Space Marine flyers that's got one of those clear things. Yeah. And I haven't got around to doing it yet. I don't no. know. I think, I think I you have to check which glue you use because I think it, if you use the wrong type of glue, it clouds up the clear plastic. Yeah. It can fuck it up, so... I'm, I'm imagining careful, but... super sparing with like two or three little bits of super glue yeah. and job done. And make right. sure you don't get any in your hands. Well, my question to you, though, is... Are you going to get one when it comes out? No. Oh. Cool. I've got too
1: much shit. Oh, cool. no, I, I want to get one eventually. I've, oh, Because okay. I, I haven't got a flyer, and I'd love one. And I think it, it looks bonkers like AbMec stuff should do, in my opinion. Because you haven't got the tank um, yet, have you? The Scorpius no, disintegrator. No, I haven't. Because I've just got too much shit to build. Yeah, fair um, enough. But, no, I, I do plan on getting one of each of those. I've Obviously. seen... I'd, if I was good enough with magnets, I'd love to get the Scorpius and be able to make the two variants of it that people are doing with magnets. But, I mean, realistically, is that ever going to happen? No. No. i just, have to buy two of them. Well, as long as you're planning at some point to get them. Yeah, man. The, the flyer just looks so fucking cool, doesn't it? Yeah. yeah. But then people are saying, like, oh, Abmec used to be, like, it used to really make sense. And now they've got a, you know, some, like, flying machine from the 1920s, apparently. It's called an Archaeocopter. uh, Mate, I know, but they're they're moaning like, oh, that's like, like it's some like Da Vinci thing and like, oh, they should be more, like stuff should be improved vastly in in, like the year M41. But I'm thinking,
0: well, not really, because like inventing stuff's kind of banned. (laughs) 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 Yeah, and I just think surely like of all the races, you want it to the Mechanicum to be bonkers and be a bit mad. And, yeah. like, and surprise you. Because every time I've seen a new vehicle for them, I go, I did not expect that. No, like, people are saying, oh, well, they shouldn't have a hovercraft. Why not? <laughs> yeah, why not? <laughs> why the fuck Literally, not? Literally, why not?
1: Yeah. So, no, I'm, I'm really into that. And I, I really like the idea of being able to do bombing runs. Um, That's cool, is Because just, I don't really know how it's going to work. But I really enjoyed when we uh, used to play Flames of War. Was it Flames of War when you could have, like, uh, a bomber or something come through? Or, yeah, yeah, yeah. or something do a strafing run? And um, that kind of shit, they, that was really awesome, especially when it was like, oh, if you rolled wrong, you shot all your own guys.
0: <laughs> oh, that, that you're thinking of uh, bolt action. Bolt action, sorry. Yeah, but yeah. You, in Flames of War, you do get um, aircraft attacks as well. Yeah. Um, yeah, so thumbs up from us about the Adnec Flyer. Yeah, I'm loving it, man. Um, you've got a new Chaos Sorcerer. Yeah. Oh, hang on, have I missed this? Um, He kind of came out with the Psychic Awakening.
1: Oh, mate, I have been paying any attention to the Psychic Awakening. Which I really should be, because I'm seeing Black Templars
0: and sisters, but... Yeah, man. Um, well, yeah, they've got a new Chaos Space Marine Saucer. Updated plastic kit. It looks pretty good. Yeah. I'm going to get one. Mate, what we're going to do, we're going to pause
1: it so I can look at this real quick. Okay. Yeah, well, we're back, and it turns out I had seen that guy, and I totally forgot about him. But yeah, no, I really <laughs> like that. I think it's a fucking badass sculpt. He looks fucking evil as well, which I'm really into. Yeah. Um, and... I wish he had a helmeted head, though. Oh, does he not come with one? Uh, not surprising, so away. Oh, sad times. Yeah, I think that was one of my gripes with uh, the Tor Garidon model because he looks fucking awesome with a helmet. If he doesn't mm. come with one, you've got to have like Mr. like Chin of Doom or nothing.
0: <laughs> I've seen people use the Calgar head for him. Yeah. It looks,
1: with the laurels and that's pretty good. Yeah, I've seen some really good conversions of him. But why would you not want the chin? <laughs> I don't know because just because the helmet looks so fucking good. Yeah, yeah. But yeah,
0: it is a nice chin. <laughs> I'll give them that. <laughs> um, so, the final thing about a uh, final thing with the news um, we've got some psychic awakening. Um, so far, we've had, well, since the last podcast, it's been that long, um, but it's old news, really. Um, we've got the Eldar one, the psychic awakening one with um, Eldari stuff. And you've got a m- new model for Drezar. Who? The <laughs> Incubi leader. Oh, right. And Janezar, the. Um, Held in Banshee man right? see like James R, oh, uh, there's a name I know <laughs> <laughs> so you
1: got that stuff but I mean oh hang on, is this, is this the the, the like the, the box the set, that the yeah, 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 out yeah. with it oh man I've seen all this stuff but it's I still don't really know what the story
0: is I and mean, I still haven't finished reading the fucking vigilous books <laughs> basically nothing's really happening it's just kind of all <laughs> like like vigilously vigilously kind of stuff like where it's on a war zone you've never heard of and nothing really happens. Um, they're hinting at stuff. So I don't know whether... I mean, if you got the books and read it, I think you'd enjoy it. But yeah. I don't think there's any like headline news. No.
1: Oh, well, shit, but we got the new um,
0: Mephiston or Mephiston. Well, which I'm getting to because I'm doing this in order. Oh, shit. All right, you crack on. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking hell. Right, okay. So we've got the Eldar, we've got Zar and Drazar or Drazar or whatever you want to call it. Man, why didn't they give them slightly different names? Wasn't it? Because um, they've, they've existed for ages. Yeah, but they're, they're too similar. Give them very opposing names so I don't get confused, for fuck's sake. Okay. Um But it does... <laughs> the And you got a new Incubi plastic set and that uh, kind of really prompted me to, like, start making up armies on Battlescribe and and my, my ventures into contrast have made me go, right, I'm yeah. not... Because I was tossing between Jeans of Cults and uh, Dark Elder as my next army, but I think I'm going Dark Elder. Yeah,
1: I think the problem with Jeans of Cults is, although... They're going to look good with contrast
0: on. You've still got a hell of a lot of detailing to do. Yeah, and there's fuckloads of them. Yeah. Whereas a Dark Elder will be slightly cheaper yeah. to get overall because there's not so many models. But... And you, you love how evil they are, don't you? Yeah. And oh man, is who, this... loves it? who doesn't like a bit of flaying?
1: <laughs> well, I mean, obviously not the Dark Elder. No, they, <laughs> they love, it. love it.
0: That's their jam.
1: Have you got. One of those things where you've gone on element games and you've put all the stuff in a basket and gone, hmm.
0: I haven't done that with this, but I have done that before. Yeah. Um so after the Eldar one we had Chaos and Marines. Indeed. Which was the Black Templar stuff. Um, and you got all of the little uh, the Legion little Legions, all the Legions got um some new rules. So world eaters, Night Lords, all that stuff. They got um some extra rules and stuff, but nothing like groundbreakingly bonkers. No. And and as a Black Legion player, I didn't get anything really. Oh, so I wasn't really that interested. Uh, but if I mean if I collected world eaters or word bearers, then I'd probably be a bit more excited about it. But yeah, whatever. Um I don't know the word bearers are sort of prominent lore wise within this um, um book. Um and I think Valrak did a, a reading recently summing up the, oh, okay. the plot of the that psychic awakening book. Yeah. Um it's quite cool. So the story's actually good, but I'd rather someone just tell me what happens as opposed to I'm not going to buy it and read it.
1: No, I'm, I'm finding it really hard to read at the moment. Like, right. I've got the little novellas, I've got fucking one of those Inferno books, and I, I just find, I don't know if it's the last 10 years of me just looking at fucking stuff on a phone, but to be actually able to sit and engage with a book for hours on end. I'm finding it fucking difficult to do now. I'm worried like my brain's been rewired or something from all the fucking digital stuff. It wouldn't. It wouldn't surprise me, man.
0: Um, it wouldn't surprise me because you don't you, know, you engage in, like text very often. Like nice. And I and I find I have to read things and then go. I haven't fucking read that and go back and yeah, it again.
1: yeah, totally. Like that. Um, like that Thousand Suns book I got. Yep. And I said to you, oh, it's a bit of a slow burn, even though I did like twenty pages. I haven't gone back to it. I just, I can't. I just don't have time to read. The thing is, like audiobooks, I've got like half hour drive to work and back. Mate, I'm slamming like an hour of that a day. Plus, when I'm going to sleep, I whack on some YouTube stuff and like just consume some lore. But mm. to actually sit and read a book, I mean, it's really hard to do. If like I'm sat downstairs next to my wife and she's watching like Will and Grace or something or Friends, and
0: I'm like trying to be grimdark and there's people like with canned laughter in the background, it's just not right. Yeah, I have to. And I've always been the same. I don't think it's a modern thing, like anything to do with phones, but I've always had to have silence when I read. Yeah. To, like, really concentrate. Yeah, silence. your brain I can't needs to be able to process,
1: and, yeah. and you need to be able to, like, imagine stuff, don't you? So, I mean, fucking hell, I digress,
0: Jackson. Yeah. Um. Just to sum up, then, we the next one we've got coming up is um Blood Angels and Tyranids. Yes. Uh, the Blood of Baal. And where we have got, as you alluded to earlier, Numephiston. Yeah, which I
1: really like. I don't know why people are moaning about that model. I think it's, oh, awesome. it's great. People are like, I think the pose where he's holding the plasma pistol out, people yeah. are saying, oh, it's not dynamic enough and stuff. I'm like, okay.
0: But- I think both poses look good. And I think they're, they're it's it's taken off an old image of him from my yeah. like, second edition. The, the only thing I, well, it's not even a gripe, but the only thing
1: I sort of thought was the pose where he's wiping blood from his mouth the first time I saw it, I thought he was wiping his nose on his sleeve. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I mean, it's
0: still a cool pose. It oh, just definitely. looks like he's got a bit of a runny nose, you know. And he doesn't look like Primaris. I know he's he is Primaris now, but he just looks bigger. Yeah. Do you know what I mean his arm? His arm is quite unique, so he sort of still looks unique, it's just like a bigger Mephiston. And that old model was pretty old. Yeah. Um it's so. interesting as well
1: looking at the I mean I guess it's the heavy metal team that did the paint job, but when mm. you look at the mini up close, um, his cape you can sort of see it looks like in the bottom corner of his cape it's part transfer and part freehand. I'm not sure whether it is or it's all transfer, but it just looks very nicely done, like the detail of it. And and which really, really pleased me, you can see some slight brush strokes in the cape. I was like, yes. Every metal team make brushstrokes as well. Come on. I'm not failing miserably. Uh, well, I am because I couldn't do that. But I, I think it's a great model. And people are moaning about it. They're probably not even Blood Angels players.
0: I reckon people just like to moan about Games Workshop stuff all the time. People do, man. Yeah. People are just cunts. And they just want to fucking about everything. <laughs> Can't just be happy that the new stuff's coming out? Yeah. we're not waiting a year for anything new to come out. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah. We, we live in a golden age of... Stuff coming out Plastic and empty bank balances, yeah. Um, <laughs> is, right. that, is that about it for the imperial That's truth? That's the imperial truth wrapped up,
1: man. I mean, the only other news I've got is I went to the store, birthday local to us, and um, you know, did the whole armies on parade thing, saw some cool stuff, yep. Uh, it was also really nice to see people who obviously weren't at the same level as some of the people that were obviously going to get places, mm-hmm. um, but. They put a load of effort in, and it was nice that everyone had the exact same kind of, uh, well, I say space, I guess, to display stuff. But, I mean, everyone seemed to be treated equally. It wasn't just like the amateur stuff was put in a corner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was was given equal
0: treatment. Yeah.
1: And, yeah, man, I was really impressed with everything I saw, especially when this one guy walks in, right, with a T-shirt on, bearing his forearm, which had this huge... It was only black it wasn't in color but this huge imperial fist tattoo it was fucking massive it was like his whole forearm and it's got the imperial fist logo and it just said underneath imperial fists in great big letters and i was like man that looks so fucking cool wow <laughs> it's like he's really committed he fucking loves it like fucking fair play to you sir i was well into that yeah unless i thought man what happens if a couple of years from now some of the, you know, the potential primarists start fighting with the regular Marines. What if the Imperial Fists suddenly turn to chaos? I'm not saying it'd ever happen, but if that happened and you got it on your army, you'd be like, oh man.
0: Um, I don't suppose he thought about that when he got the tattoo. <laughs> probably not. There's probably other questions to be raised about the tattoo, other than what if the chapter turns heretic, other than you know, other questions like how are you going to explain that to everybody who sees it? Oh, and you man. Go, well, have you ever heard of Warhammer? At <laughs> <laughs> 10 minutes later, do you know what I mean? Yeah. So, when have you booked your crimson fist tattoo to be um, done then? I'm not getting one. <laughs> on your face. <laughs> oh, God. All right. Right. So, Let's that, wrap this section up and yeah. go on to the next one.
1: Yeah. I think we'll have a real quick break and then we, we're going to jump in because last time we didn't do any kind of stuff we've been hobbying about, but I think it's been about two months now. I think the last episode came out late September. So, yeah. There's been some stuff that's happened that we thought we'd sort of get into, especially because I haven't really talked to you about it enough. Um, So, yeah, we'll uh, see you after the break. So we're back, and we're going to be getting
0: into our Crux Creation Autos. Yeah, that's the one. That's much better (laughs) than the intro. I fucked up for this. Um, So what's new? So I've been busy... Uh, painting some uh, chaos heretic filth. I'm
1: oh, afraid. mate, you have, haven't you? You've been doing
0: that gold trim. Yeah, well, I started off um, in preparation for our game that we had, um, finishing off a 1,000 points worth of Death Guard. Yeah. Um, I didn't quite get the demon prince done in time, um, so I had to use uh, a Lord of Contagion instead for that game, but...
1: Was the demon prince the fine cast, dude?
0: Yeah, the one yeah, it yeah, contrasted yeah. up. Yeah. Um, Which I painted after the game. Um, So, yeah, I finished off a bunch of Terminators for that. And um, then I used Contrast for um, the Demon Prince. I gave that a go because he's really fleshy. And I was really impressed with the Gilliman Flesh that I'd seen you use. Yeah. And you lent me some of the red as well, which I'm also very thoroughly impressed with. Um, So, yeah, I mean, I'm really sold on... Basically, you know what we said about Contrast at the beginning? That some things it's really, really good at and it's... um, to be used in conjunction with other paints. Yeah, totally. I I still stand by that. Yeah. It's still true. Like, you can rely on contrast to do battle-ready stuff. Yeah, it's great. But they don't have metallics, so you've got to use metallics if you want that look. Um, Dry brushing works really well with it. If you want to highlight up, highlight, you know, add a bit more detail in. And
1: also, I find stuff that I'm just not as bothered about on a mini. Like, I did the easy-to-build Dread recently, Mm -hmm. and... I got a bit of the sarcophagus that shows and I thought like there's and it's only sort of two or three main colours on it and I thought oh fuck it. Like I'll just contrast the bits that I need and just paint over and I think I've just put like the bone colour and whatever the grey is mm. and I think there's one other colour but I can't remember now. And yeah two coats of Wraithbone and just one bit of contrast, done. And you don't really see it. It's nice that it has a bit of colour on it because it kind of adds a little bit more to the model. Mm -hmm. But without me having to paint it, wash it, highlight it, because I haven't got time to do that on a bit that you're not really going to see. So, yeah, I'm I'm glad you sort of got on with them because obviously, like, with Marines and stuff, there's some things that they're just not really
0: designed for. Yeah, I would um and like lot flat panels. Basically, tanks don't ever paint a fucking vehicle one of these contrasts because it will look total shit. Yeah, uh, but really busy models like the Demon Prince, the fine cast one's got loads of detail, so it's really good for that. Um, it's you got to be really careful. They don't blend; the colours don't blend very well, do they? Like you've got to no. be really precise. Which kind of goes against that kind of beginnerness of it. That you've got to be really precise, otherwise it will you will look shit. Yeah, um, and I
1: find. Well, the only kind of bugbear I have with it is when you're, like, for example, the scroll on the dreadnought, I did that with wraithbone and then whatever the, I think it was like the skull. in skull, horde. Yeah. Chuck that over it. Great. Then I managed to drop the dreadnought on the floor, mm. which has chipped the paint very slightly. I'm just going to leave it. But I thought, all oh, right, I'll just go back over that with wraithbone, then put the horde back on. But then once you do that, there's only going to be one tiny little bit where you've got to put that wash on without it looking like yeah. a different colour. Because usually when you put contrast on, what the best thing to do, get it on your brush, do one pass, and then correct any pooling. Because otherwise you end up with lines and tide marks and stuff. And, and you can't do that when you're touching things up. It's a bit of a nightmare. So I think yeah. in a lot of ways it can be more labour intensive. You, you have to be very careful with it. But, but when it works, it works
0: really well. Oh, yeah. I mean, like Gilliam and Flesh, it looks awesome. Yeah, I'm really into that, and I've learned that it is a learning process because like learning to use any other any other sort of paint, that you know, the certain thicknesses look better, and you know, as you're saying, like the techniques to not really pulled in certain places, and and I have used it to um, to actually, I intentionally pulled it in some places. Like I painted a um, one of the gelapox infected up as a spawn, yeah, and I wanted to, and I just, I just see what would happen. He's got like these pronounced nipples. So I got a bit of Gilliman flesh after I've done his normal skin and like dunked a bit of it, like a big pool of it over his nipple. And it's dried around. So it looks like an area like a, a bit of the nipple. And then the the actual pointy bit of the nipples <laughs> <laughs> fucking know what I'm talking about. It's actually poking out so it looks quite good. Man. And and, and okay to make it sound less weird, I also used it for the demon prints on some of like these boils and stuff. I dunked a bit oh, of Gilliman okay, on yeah. it. And it kind of pulled around it and made it made it sort of stand out. So it is an experiment. Like, uh, I used um, the Astra Militarum green for his armour, because that was the recommended uh, colour for yeah. Death Guard. That doesn't look any good. If I'd done my whole Death Guard with that contrast green, it would look shit. So it is a really hit and miss, and certain darker colours, I think, are quite good. Like, I've seen the browns come out really well. The red... Um, the um, flesh, Re- flesh terrors. terror's red, yeah. fucking awesome! It's so good, you can be really liberal with that, can't you? Oh, big time, and to the point where, like, that's what made me want to get a dark elder army. Yeah, Is I'm gonna do more all with flesh terror's red. Yeah, it's 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 fucking great, it's such and do, a do like nice a bone colored, um, bone colored helmets and yeah. weapons, and then do, and I could fucking tear through that army, yeah, and it would look good as well. So, yeah, I, um. Stand standby original sentiments about contrast in that it's great at some things you've got to get used to using it and for and for me it's just another tool in my arsenal like for example when i'm i'm going to move on to saying what i painted on next um i've been using a sort of uh mainly classic method but with tiny bits of contrast in um so yeah i've been doing um black legion as well after i finished the Nerkel stuff Doing paying up a thousand points because that's the sort of size games we play. So, I wanted to have a thousand points of each army all done, so then I can just anything extras kind of just sort of expanding on that. Yeah. So, um, I've been doing lots of black, lots of gold trim. Um, but for the, all the flesh, I've done contrast, so I've gone over the the black with um the undercoat that from the pot. How many coats do you need to cover black? I would say very, very, very thin coats, maybe one or two. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, because I've got um, def- oh, no, definitely not one, but definitely two, but no more, because if I because I've undercoated it already, yeah, you're going to start losing detail. So, um, and as I spoke to you earlier about, I did my my Chaos Lord had seemed to gather quite a lot of undercoat on his uh, black undercoat on his head anyway. Then I put two, probably slightly too thick coats on his face before the guinea and flesh, and as I, and as I said, he looked like a potato. <laughs> But, I mean, at arm's length, you're going to notice. But for me, I've kind of ruined it. But it yeah. oh, doesn't fucking matter. Um, so, yeah, I've been smashing away at that. Um, I might have to change what I'm painting because um, the Black Legion have also had... or the Chaos Space Marines have also taken a points reduction in new chapter approved. Yes. So I've got some discount on my heresy. Mate, everything seems to have dropped. Yeah, except for Space Marines. Well... Because
1: they've just come out. And also because they're... F- really fucking strong aren't they but i noticed like a bunch of uh, admex
0: stuff had dropped by quite a yeah. few points so. so i'm waiting for battle to update so and then i can see what points i've saved and then i can maybe add some more stuff so I might add, be adding more to my pile but um so yeah i'm looking forward to that and so that's hobby wise for me before i move on to games do you want to talk about your hobby bits oh man yeah just quickly like it's been a while i mean i uh,
1: I just bought loads of stuff, haven't I? Bought a fucking Horus Heresy coffee cup, which I'm well into. Is that a um, hobby? <laughs> oh, it's got Horus Heresy written on it. Mm, man. Yeah. Yeah, so I, basically I went in to get like a paint and I came out with a box of Centurions and a fancy coffee cup, <laughs> which was great. <laughs> they fucking got you, man. You it, made, it, it really did. I still don't know how I'm going to build the Centurions. Like, I don't know if I'm going to do Devastate or, or like Assault, because I think... I like the idea of just being able to punch through tanks. Yeah. But at the same time, especially with fists, like,
0: having bolters, I mean, it's kind of good, isn't it? So- I've, been, I've been trying to subtly hint that you want to build Devastators. Yeah. Just put, put well, either heavy bolters or LAS cannons. But, yeah, LAS but cannons look awesome. They do, they do. Um, but I'd be tempted with the bolters. But yeah. I, I, based on no nothing whatsoever, do <laughs> I think they look cool? Yeah, they do. And they've got the hurricane bottles in their chest. So just bolt, yeah, I know and bolt, that's bolt, the bolt. thing. That you and you get so bottle drill, remember? That's yeah, part man. of your chapter tactics. Yeah. So um,
1: yeah, I'm really into centurions. I remember when I first saw them, I wasn't really sold, but I don't know. There's just something about them. I just decided I quite liked them. Plus, because they're quite bulky, they kind of fit in with uh, the Primaris models more than say yes. if you just have like a tactical squad or something. Yeah, too right. I agree with you there. So, yeah, I picked those up. I got the Kill Zone, the, well, yeah, Kill Zone, not Kill Team, the Kill Zone Wall of Martyrs, because mm-hmm. I, I, I just wanted Wall of Martyrs. And then I think I sent you a picture in the shop. I was like, man, is this worth like 23 quid or whatever it was? And definitely, you were like, for all that scenery. Because originally, I think you thought it was just the wall, and you're like, oh shit, no, you get like the uh, pillbox and all the stuff. Uh, so, and, yeah. a, and a mat. Yeah, and the mat with all the little dead
0: Imperial Guard skeletons all over it, which is always nice. Which is cool, because now you've got. Um, so you you picked up some ad terrain, didn't you? And you've got the, um, the Rise of Ruins and you've got the the kill team board and you've got the defence line stuff. So, you know, you you kind of got kill team here. Sorted, yeah. So I don't have to bring over... Not I don't mind bringing over stuff, but we can play it yours and it's got different terrain, yeah. play it mine. So, yeah, it's, yeah, all, it's yeah, all good. Sorted.
1: Yeah, because uh, our mate Matt very kindly sold me. I can't remember what that is, but the ad thing with... It's like the big platform... With the big skull
0: thing with, like, legs coming off the bottom of it. Yeah, those who know, is it is it a sacrosanct Ford shrine or something oh, like Of that? course, yeah. It's, the, it's something like that, isn't it? But, mean, it's got
1: the it, one with the big skull on the front. Yeah, but I'm, legs. I'm well into it, and he already base-coated the lead belcher as well, so really I've just got to gun some wash on there and some dry brush, and we're good. So weird, yeah. Um, so, yeah, that, that was nice to actually get some terrain. Uh, and other than that, I mean, I just had to spend loads of money on transfers because I kept fucking up the water slide transfers. <laughs> And, I mean, I've got some old vehicle transfers, but you only used to get, like, of the big um, like Legion insignia transfer, you only got two for each chapter that would actually be included. So it wasn't every chapter. And I obviously got through a lot of them. And to get some more, I think it was, like, 20 quid on eBay. That's a lot, man. But, I mean, I've got a whole baggie now full of Crimson Fist transfers, but I got through seven more of those uh, big ones. So... I've got one left, but now yeah. after like seeing that video with that guy who was like man like this is going to look like shit but don't worry. It will get better. At least I know now next time I do one it'll it, persevere with it a bit yeah, more. And it it should work. But yeah, I mean that's pretty much it for me. I mean I've finished painting my uh Redemptor almost. I've got like just that Munitorum varnish to whack on to kind of fix the uh in the base.
0: Oh yeah, in the base. But yeah, I think the oil of dreadnought is great. He's Thanks, spent a lot, he's taken time with it, taken a bit of care and it you know, you've done all the edge highlighting and stuff, and I think it looks really solid. Yeah, I was
1: surprised really because when I built that was when I first really got into forty k, and I didn't know what the fuck I was doing, and all the like kind of bits of flash and like you bits really of worried about it. Like,
0: oh, I fucked it up! It's I did got this, yeah, that, I, and the other. The and I is, remember saying to you, "Don't worry, once you painted it, you yeah, wouldn't you, notice. You notice." And it's and well, was I right? Yeah,
1: yeah. Because the thing was, when when I built it, I didn't have a scalpel or a blade, so I took all the bits of like excess flash and sprue, off with the mould line remover, <laughs> so I oh, really oh, fucking gouged it to bits. Um and then when I spray painted it, I think I had gloves on, but I picked it up when it was still wet at the base. So the base has got a very big thumbprint on it. Yeah. And then I dropped it when I was painting it, and oh, so many things went wrong. But yeah, at the end of the day, it's actually turned out just all right. Despite all the abuse <laughs> yeah. you put on it, it's uh it's survived. Yeah. Um but cool. yeah, I think it's just spending the time doing the edge highlights. And it's weird because, yeah, some days I can sit down and my brain just doesn't get the angle of the brush right and I just end up smudging it. It looks bollocks. But other days I can sit down and something just clicks and I just take my time and work around and everything seems to go about right. The only thing that really fucked me off was the difference between Chaos Black Spray and Abaddon Black. I wish they had a match pot because it's so fucking grey. I thought I could just touch up a few bits, like on the... uh, is it the gun case or the gun chassis? I don't know what it is on the, on the minigun, but uh-huh. I went to just touch up a few little bits with some Chaos Black, uh, <laughs> Chaos Black, Abaddon Black, mm. and I was like, oh, fuck, it's grey, like, in comparison. So then I had to do the entire, like, all the black on the model that I had to do any touch-ups on. I just had to redo an Abaddon Black, which really, it just took a long
0: time. I'm like, Ugh, I can't be dealing with this. I found that with the, um, the way I've been painting my Black Legion, yeah. Because you um obviously undercoat them um chaos black and then you do all that gold and stuff and then you do a wash over it and then you tidy up, up at the end basically. Yeah. And it is unless you do like a quite thin coat, it does you can tell the difference. But again, the varnish does tie it together. Yeah, I so suppose it does help. I
1: guess one of the saving graces
0: is if you get some gold like
1: right near the edge of where the gold trim is in the first place. Mm-hmm. once you've gone over that with the black and then done the wash if the wash kind of pulls in those bits it might kind of help blend it in but yeah it's yeah, not been too bad why they don't do a match part I don't know because I'm sure don't army painter do match like paints to their rattle cans as far as I'm aware I think yeah they do. well whether they actually match I suppose is a, is a mm-hmm. different kettle of fish because I'm sure Games Workshop would argue that they do match Games Workshop if you want to argue that like please come to my house let's go <laughs> and we'll, we'll do some painting and we can have a good argument about yeah. it <laughs> Uh, Um, Yeah, that's pretty much it, man, for my fucking hobby progress (laughs) update stuff. Uh, I haven't really got anything to say other than... We played a game. Yeah, 1,000 Points, which is our first 1,000 Points game. Yeah. uh, And I really fucking
0: enjoyed that. I mean, it it helped that I won, (laughs) but... Yeah, well, I basically... It was kind of my army versus um, a repulsor executioner. (laughs) Yeah, it was. That's how I see it. Yeah, it was pretty much... I think, what was it? I had, like...
1: That and the aggressors from Hellblasters and Intercessors, and then...
0: You had the Eliminators, you had the the Psyker.
1: Yeah, well, it was the, the, the Shadow and, and you had the Lieutenant,
0: yeah. and you had the Captain.
1: Yeah, but I mean, the Repulsor was just like,
0: how many fucking guns does that have on it? Oh, mate. Jesus Christ yeah it was it was obscene <laughs> it was, it was it? fucking obscene we, and you're using the new um uh, doctrines as well yeah
1: and we we both had a tank
0: and like you'd put your plague burst
1: crawler at the back cuz you're like mate i'm just going to fucking mortar the fuck out of you guys and be out of uh, be out of uh, range but no nah, no <laughs> not with the repulsor executioner i think well you
0: you lasted two turns it, it within turn 1 it was basically unusable yeah that was crazy it was all beating up so much um, and I think I'll go, I've got to go back to my Death Guard list and think about it again, and especially when the new points reductions come out, I might be able to move some things about. But yeah. I, I didn't play particularly well, but um, yeah, I had two units of 10 Pox Walkers, and Plague Marines, uh, Plague Bus Crawler. I spunked a load of points on um, Blight Lord Terminators. Yeah, you did. And because we were playing match play, rules they couldn't come down till turn two
1: no but when this thing was i thought it was going quite well and then i kept remembering like no no hang on mark's gonna deep strike them yeah and then when when you did like yeah they kind of sort of even the playing field a bit didn't they I they think did just yeah. walk
0: through like two squads of my guys pretty much yeah they um uh yeah i got my points worth out of them they were they absorbed an obscene amount of firepower Yeah, they really did um and they did get into combat but man the fact the repulsor <laughs> like you take two off of your charger when we try and charge it yeah so I'm- you've got a roll a nine inch charge if because they deep strike you deep deep strike a certain distance away don't you so you're adding two to that and it's just like oh it just makes it obscene
1: oh fuck and just while we're on it what the fuck was it my uh lieutenant?
0: It was right at the end, There's a big melee where well, oh. my Terminators finally got in. I had, like... I think I had a five-man squad versus them, didn't I? Or was, f- yeah, I man- I'd managed to sort of... It was. It worked out weirdly easier for me to charge the squad that was further away. Yeah. <laughs> because the repulse was just bullshit. Um, and, uh, yeah, I managed to get in contact with your intercessor squad, and I just got... I just killed them all, because it's 300 points of Terminators. Of yeah. course it's going to kill them. Um, and then I sort of piled in after the combat, consolidated, sorry, um, and I surrounded your primary lieutenant that was behind them, and I was jokingly went, um, I sort of was making a joke that he's not going to survive. Because
1: he but. was he was literally, I think I took a photo of it, I'll probably put it on the Facebook thing if I remember, it yeah. was him in the middle, and he's surrounded White by them. Terminators, yeah. And I, I was just super lucky with my fucking dice rolls.
0: And he didn't die? No. And he killed a Terminator in return. So I fucking felt well shit like, for like being all smug about it, I am going to kill him. But I couldn't. No, he just kept surviving, didn't he? Oh, He's mate, he was nuts. a fucking nightmare. Um, but, I mean, you had your Hellblasters at the end of the game. I killed the Repulsor with the Lord of Contagion. But then your aggressors like, just kicked the shit out of him yeah. <laughs> afterwards. Because they they've improved the rules. They've got more wounds. They've got more attacks. You've got Shock Assault. Yeah. So they come in with another attack, and there were so many power fists, and they just, like, pummeled him to bits. Um, you saw your eliminators. I th- I killed the intercessor squad. I think you got two of the eliminators. I think I was left with just one, wasn't I? Yeah, but they, I didn't wipe out the squad. No, man, but right? they didn't
1: do as well as I hoped they would. But then no. I think I may have been shooting at the wrong things. I was kind of putting all my eggs in one basket with what rounds I was choosing as well. Um, yeah, I, I, I mean... And I moved the librarian away from them, didn't I? Because... Wasn't it, I think it wasn't it the librarian. I, I, there was some kind of thing where he, his cycle ability was like helping them with hit rolls. Yes. Um, yeah, it was. And then I moved him away because I thought, oh, man, he's got a big old sword. Like, you go cut some stuff up. And then they, they really
0: needed that boost. Um, but really, I mean, they were just sat on top of a building for fun. You know, being snipers. Yeah, but it, it worked. And, the, and, you know, they were holding off the, the Plague Marines for the whole, whole game, pretty much. Yeah. I couldn't, and because they're in cover and they got the camo cloaks, they're really hard to shift. Yeah, because I um, think
1: in, in terms of uh, playing 40k, it's very much like when uh, me and you used to be well to Magic the Gathering and I would be so focused on not losing, I'd forget how to win the game. And like with the Eliminators when we are playing that game, I was thinking, oh, man, these guys are shit, they're not fucking killing stuff. they're not doing their job. But then you said to me afterwards, the whole time they were there, I was, like, really concerned. Like, it made you think about your plays and where you were moving things because mm. you didn't want to be just feeding them bodies.
0: Yeah, too right. So
1: I felt like they weren't doing their
0: job, but just as a force, as a threat, sorry, they, you know, they did their job. And yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's, it's difficult to see when you're playing kind of, like, the, the psychological effect it has on your opponent. Yeah, like, totally. what they're worried about. Um, I suppose good players kind of take advantage of that because they know what people are worried about and how to do that. But um, yeah, my, my, it, the Space Marines seemed really powerful. Yeah, like my army felt nowhere near as deadly as yours. No, no, it, it genuinely didn't feel um, the the execution. Honestly, I, I keep going on about it, but it genuinely tipped the balance. I think it was if I hadn't ha- if I didn't have to face that, and it was something like a dreadnought instead. Yeah and you took a dreadnought and another squad of dudes, I'd face that every day of the week. It'd be so much easier, but, you know... What, because of that the charge impi- thing? Well, that and, and and the obscene amount of guns, and the fact that it can shoot the laser destroyer twice, Yeah, and you've got your Crimson Fist, or your Imperial Fist chapter doctrine, where you're getting, if you stay in a heavy... Uh, doctrine, you get an extra damage on your yeah yeah. I forgot about that. You got the minus one for long uh, for you stay in devastated doctrine, and then you can move down to the assault doctrine. Yeah, because uh, I d- oh. I didn't change doctrine until you killed that tank, pretty much, did I? I was just like, and then you went to the assault doctrine. Yeah, when you realised it worked with the bolters and your aggressors. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh. it was just uh, uh, obscene. But I-, I felt like I might have misplayed
1: a little bit because I I deployed the aggressors in. The repulsor executioner, yeah, and I felt like maybe I should have just started them on the board and got them out. But then it actually kind of helped that they sort of turned up near the end of the game because, well, like, I mean, you... I didn't lose anything because
0: I had that repulsor, the firepower from that, didn't I? And their their range isn't that good, is it? No, no, they are medium range, so yeah. you could have got them out. But I, I, th- I think you played fine. Like, um, it'd be interesting to play against Pure Fist, uh, Crimson, sorry, Crimson Fist again. Um I definitely would probably use Black Legion next time see if there's any different um different mission because the nature of the mission allowed you to just camp on your side of the table yeah. and just shoot me off the table whereas I had to go i felt like I had to go to you to actually claim the objective I couldn't win the shooting war, so I had to get in close no it, it yeah that. I guess it it benefited a gun line army didn't it and yeah that, that's what everything was set up for, for But forty k is a gun game yeah so and you can win most games by just shooting people off the table um. <laughs> So yeah, it'd be interesting to do a different game at some point, you know, because you're learning that list, so you you know, might want to play the same thing again. Yeah. I might not let you use my repulsor. No, I'm gonna buy one now. I remember like <laughs> I said to you,
1: can I yeah. can I can I try that out to see what it's like? Because we were trying to make up a thousand points and you're like, Yeah, yeah, but this loadout is what I've got, so it's this many points. So I had to axe like five intercessors or something, didn't I? But we moved some bits about, yeah. Yeah, but I went from Oh, I'll, I'll try it out and see what it's like because I, I wasn't sold on buying one because people saying how difficult they are to build and keep everything flush. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I think after the first turn, I was like, "Yeah, I'm buying one of these." Yeah, they're pretty good, aren't they? Yeah. Um, so, so yeah. you, you want to wrap this bit up and then we'll, yeah, I think we we'll wrap this bit up and we'll jump into the lifting of the veil because we've right. got go for it two months worth of lore we've consumed. Uh, so we'll have a quick break and then we'll be right back at oh, fucking hell. I don't know. Hey! Behold, we have returned to lift the veil. (laughs) I wasn't expecting that. Are we going to use that or should we get rid of it?
0: No, I love it.
1: Great. Uh, Okay. Yeah, so we're jumping into our fucking section where we're going over the law we have consumed over these past nine or ten weeks, which has been... Pretty minimal, because I think we've both done some sizable fucking lore, haven't we? We've done some audio books, not dramas, mostly. I've done four. Fucking hell. Right, so, Mark, do you want to uh, begin
0: this opus? Yes. Uh, I have finished uh, Black Legion by Aaron Dembski-Bowden. You'll sense a theme here <laughs> in some of these books. Um... <clears throat> with the adventures of, K- of K- continue. Some of the main things I loved, obviously we're keeping this short shortest this week, so there's a lot to talk about. Um I loved seeing the slow corruption of Chaos yes. appearing in his colleagues. Although he still seems to be fairly like um stable, but obviously from the outside point of view he might look very different. But um yeah, I loved seeing them just like gradually get more and more corrupted by, you know, by being in the warp, which was quite cool. Um and oh my god, Sigismund. Oh god, yeah, I know it's so fucking good, isn't it? Oh, Ugh. oh, I don't want to put too many spoilers in, but oh my god, I fucking it made me want to clip Black Templars like mate, big time. It, he's it, such a badass, I know. even and like, even when he's like fucking ancient. Oh mate, he's so good. When it, they, and that scene where they they first come into contact with him, and he's just sitting on that throne,
1: mate. I know it's it's the thing is I'm probably gonna get this quote wrong, but it's when um, is it? <clears throat> he first meets abaddon yeah when they they communicate and, over there and it's like uh it's like the first thing he says abaddon says to sigismund is only you sigismund would pursue a grudge to the very depths of hell or something i'm like
0: oh <laughs> so fucking good <laughs> it is so good and uh yeah i loved it um so yeah i've been smashing a bit of that i loved it as always um i think it's going to be a trilogy isn't it yeah well, yeah, we, we got one more. Because I remember finishing that and thinking, what, that's the end? Yeah. Like, I need more. But yeah, we're going to get another book, so. I've also been um, consuming uh, a bit of Spear of the Emperor. Yeah. The Emperor Spears, I can't remember how to say it. No, it's Spear of the Emperor. Which um, is by... Aaron Dembski-Balbin. <laughs> oh, fuck. <laughs> um, and this is a, a loyalist-focused one. Um, although it's still suitably grimdark. Yes. Um, <clears throat> and it's told from the viewpoint... Um, of a chapter servant, um, or kind of one of these. Uh, these chap- Acolytes? Not allies. They're like, um, they's not servitors. So basically, like a serf. A chapter serf, yeah. basically, right. And she's called Anurada, and uh, they're quite like, they're fully armed and stuff as well. They're not like just like, they don't just put the armor on, but they like go into battle with them as well. Oh, shit. Um, and she is with uh, a mentor legion uh, marine called um, Amadeus Incarius. Not related to the composer anyway. Oh, God. Um, and he's like a by-the-book kind of like proper, proper space marine, right? And their mission is to go across the Great Rift to the Dark Imperium and to meet up to, with these uh, three chapters that are defending this uh, group of um, worlds called Alara's Vale. And the first contact they have is with the Emperor's Spears, who are this kind of... They're ultramarine-descended, codex-compliant, relatively, um, mostly primarious, um, but they've got this real barbaric Celtish feel. Yeah. Like they don't have uh, librarians and, cha- and chaplains. They're kind of druids. So oh, that- fuck, man, I'm really sold on this now, because
1: <sighs> the thing was, as, as an audiobook, I, I got it, but I just couldn't get on with... Um, the the lady doing the narration, but I, now I will fully. I'll just put the time in. Well, the the,
0: the the Anurada, the woman, is told from her perspective. Yeah, so it's her telling the story. Yeah, um, and they meet the uh, Emperor Spears, and yeah, they got, they've got this kind of like barbarian culture which they draw all their recruits from, and they've like the the war paint, and they're like they they say shit a lot. I've noticed. Wow, <laughs> I don't know why, um, and they're really and basically the reason that. Um, uh, Amadeus is there, is to basically tell them that Gilliman needs them for the Indominus the Indomitus Crusade and to basically check up what they're doing. And and they're basically like, we've got bigger fucking problems than fucking Gilliman. Like, we are defending this star system. We've got no... We get less and less equipment, because they're on the, the dark side of the Imperium, aren't yeah. they? So they've just got nothing, and they're just like... all their All their ships are just like and uh, then hardly any of them are actually space marine ships anymore. They are just, like, commandeered these Imperial vessels to be part of their fleet. So, like, ammo's really low, and it's kind of, like, really dark, dark Imperium sort of thing. They're defending Alara's Vale from the Exolarchy, which is, like, this chaos uprising. And uh, they've also got this uh, chaos traitor legion called the Pure, mm-hmm. who are fighting alongside the um, Exolarchy, which are mostly, like, cultists and guardsmen, traitor guardsmen, but they've got the the um, the, the Pure... Um, and man, the pure they are some intense motherfuckers, right? <laughs> at, well, I won't spoil too much, but at one point they're on they're on a ship and there's a pure guy there, right? They're on one of on the pure ships yeah. and he's just comes up to them, the characters on the ship, and he just grabs one of the uh the human slaves that are on their ship, grabs his head, and they're in this like uh Forge, where there's lots of like molten metal, he just shoves this guy's face no. <laughs> into the molten metal. He's like screaming, like under the, the liquid metal and like writhing. And he pulls him out, and it's just like this skull face, like screaming skull face. Jeez. He just does it for no reason. He just they're just cunts. <laughs> <laughs> um, but like really like really like proper, proper bad guy, bad guy. Yeah, the pure. Uh, and um, <clears throat> and they've kind of got this, uh, and the Emperor's Spears have kind of got this like dark secret that a lot of their some of their primaris come out really deformed. They've got this, a, like, a, like a, there's like a taint in the gene seed almost, um, and it's kind of like hush hushed, really. Um, but obviously, the, the novel goes into a bit more detail. Um, initially, the first sort of third of it, I was like, oh, you know, just getting a bit of backstory in the emperor's beard, blah 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 blah. But I mean, if you like plot twists, oh man, <laughs> get stuck in. And if and all I would say. Is don't get attached to anyone. <laughs> it's that sort of book. No, no spoilers, but yeah. be hey, if you're does. attached to the their body parts, <laughs> don't don't don't. Oh god! Don't, yeah, brace yourself. Man, I'm really
1: I'm really intrigued into this now because I knew the thing was I, I got it as an Audible credit and I only yeah. had one Audible credit that month. Mm. Um, and I was a bit like, oh, I'm just not
0: getting on with this. But I'm really going to pursue that now because yeah, it's like it's kind of a bit like. Um, how we both felt at the beginning of Black Black Legion on uh, Talon of Horus, where it kind of bimbles about for a bit, and you're like, "Oh, well, what's going to happen?" Yeah, and when when shit kicks off, I mean, it kicks off, and you're like, "How the fuck are they going to get out of this?" Yeah. Um, but then if
1: they can't tell you, but if you knew stuff was going to kick off, then you need that contrast, don't you? Because you can't oh, just yeah. have like full on for for the whole book because it get a bit too samey. Mm. Um, but
0: so yeah, that's uh, Spirit of the Emperor. So I, I would I would give it. Uh... Six and a half spears out of ten. That's pretty good, man. Yeah, pretty good. Um, and then what? What I've recently started listening to, but haven't finished yet. I've gone back to that warm, homely feeling of Inquisitor Eisahorn. Yeah, and I've gone back to uh, or back to, but the uh, the Magos book that's come out very recently, which at the moment is a collection of short stories. Um, and some of them are, um, you know, you let me that, um. Uh, Inquisitor Eisenhorn audio dramas. Yeah, yeah. Some of them are that those stories. Oh, sweet. So I just skipped them. Yeah. Because I know what's going to happen. Um, <clears throat> so I don't know if it's a bunch of short stories, which are all quite good, actually. There are a bunch of short stories, and then there's going to be a new Eisenhorn story at the end. Um, but it would be a nice surprise when I get there, I suppose. But it is the same. Toby Longworth reading it. Reading it. It's just really nice to listen to. As I said, he's... Eisenhorn to me. Yeah, he's a good lad. Um, so, next episode, I'll give you a lowdown on that because I would have finished it by then. Obviously, the other one I've listen, been listening to is Soul Hunter, but we shall go on to that in our main segment. Yes. But pray tell, Jackson. Yes, Michelle. What have you been listening to with your earballs? Oh, man, <laughs> my earballs. Well, I started with, because obviously I love the fucking
1: Admech, Um Belisarius Cool, the great work, came out by Guy Haley. Oh, shit, yeah. Narrated by John Banks, who. Oh, I quite like John Banks. I like his voice. John Banks. I swear I've listened to one with him. I can't before. I can't pull any out of my hat of what he does. But I'm sure he's done other things. I know he reads books for a living. <laughs> yeah. Um I mean he's decent, but there was a bit of an issue that I'll get into in a sec. So seems seems pretty cool. Um it's it's really well written and like the call cool is actually like super interesting. I didn't know if they were gonna make him um because obviously he's quite far removed from what he was as a as a person. Mm-hmm. Um and I didn't know whether they were going to make him too robotic and a bit boring, perhaps. Mm-hmm. Um, but then it's a Guy Haley book, so, you know, don't worry too much. They've written him oh, – sorry, they, he has written him really well. Uh, I think the one of the things I didn't expect was he's got a bit of a sense of humour to him, which I, oh, really? which I really enjoyed. and I didn't see it coming. Um, the thing that I didn't like was you're reading this book, okay, if you're reading it on paper – well, how else would you read it, right? You're not going to have a problem. If you're doing the audio drama, you're going through the narrative. And then every now and then, there's this bang, bang, bang sound, okay? Because I... it's, I think what it's trying to do... I Basically, everyone, I gave up on this fucking book because of this. <laughs> Just, to, I'm not going to rate it or anything because I didn't finish it. Um, I think what it's trying to do is pull you out of the narrative that you're in so potentially like the narrative you're in is inside call's mind maybe something's happening outside and he's going to wake up maybe like the uh wouldn't be the fourth wall being broken perhaps the third wall one of the walls gets broken i think right. but anyway so stuff's going on everyone's talking things are happening and then there's this banging sound that's like basically unrelated as far as i could tell to the story and it really really put me off i think What's it for then? I don't know, but I think with um like John Banks like he's doing a fine fucking job and I understand he's kind of confined to the fact that he's reading verbatim what is on the pages. Mm. So when it says potentially in the book bang 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 in capital letters he has to read it. But I mean, he doesn't say it like quietly. He really he's quite noisy. <laughs> he's quite loud and it really throws you off like I'm sitting there trying to paint Oh, so you're saying he reads bang, bang, bang? Yeah, the words. So yeah. it's
0: on the page. It's got that. Well, I guess it must do. I imagined you saying just like it has like three explosions. No, no, effects. he's
1: he's saying the word bang, right? And it is the most off-putting thing I've ever experienced in an audiobook. I know Mark's put in a face of bemusement, bewilderment. I don't know. You, complete perplexity. Per, thank you. I know, I know. And I fucking I wrote about this on Instagram, and I know uh, Matt uh, Matt Powell on Instagram
0: was just like he was. Doing the book at the same time as me, he's like, "Yeah, this is a bit shit, and that." Was it meant? To, I'm totally confused. If Someone could enlighten us why it's got "bang, bang, bang" written in random places. Is it not like, like in a transitional way? Like, no, no, it's, it's, it's
1: happening. Something else is happening, and then that happens. And I think it started getting to a point where I would have worked out what was happening, but I just gave up because I was trying to paint. I'm trying to like have the audio book going on, so my mind is on the story and my eyes are on the model. And I'm being very careful with my brush strokes. And then all of a sudden there's this fucking, I'm not gonna do it to people listening to this podcast because it maybe you wanna fucking punch me. But there's this bang, bang, bang sound. And I'll go from the grim dark and Belisarius cool and you know, the fucking admec and all of this like really interesting shit, to all I can think of is Barry Scott and the fucking silly bang adverts. <laughs> like that's <laughs> what, that's all I could think of. It fucking ruined it. So that does not get a rating for me. Uh, if someone from Black Library wants to go through and edit that and resend it to us, then yeah, please do. I don't know how fucking long that would take. That's man. a strange, Mate. like,
0: literary kind of.
1: Yeah, but thing. it probably makes sense in, in the context of it being in the, a written medium because you're reading it. Yeah. You're not hearing this guy suddenly saying bang, bang, but oh, just fuck off, fuck off. It's shit, fuck it. That ruined the book. The book is probably otherwise amazing, but that, nah. Um, the other thing I wow. did. Because we're trying to get this done, we're three minutes over on this section already. Fuck! Right. The other thing I did was recommended to me. Actually, well, not to me, but it was recommended on the Independent Characters podcast Facebook page. The Watcher in the Rain by Alec Worley, which I believe is one of the Warhammer Horror series. Uh, it's an audio drama. Okay. Um, and
0: yeah, man, I really liked it. Sweet. Yeah. So I'm after a good new audio drama because I've done quite a lot of audio books and I'm I'm sort of gagging for some sound effects. Yeah.
1: Oh, man. No, it, it is really good. Um, basically, I'll give you a quick rundown. I'm not going to give you any spoilers, but you've got um, a warp storm coming down on, like, I think it's an administratum world. So everyone's escaping before they get warped up real fucking bad. Yeah. You know, you, know you, don't, you don't want to be there. But, I mean, you've got a warp storm. You've also got lots of rain, so everything's getting flooded. Now, they had me at rain. I love a good bit of rain. If anyone's ever seen... What's that fucking film with Christian Slater? And Morgan Freeman, uh, Hard Rain, where the the town gets flooded and there's bank robbers. It's a really shit film, but I love it because of the rain. Mate, get some rain. I'm sold. Okay. Yeah. So this this was just like a no-brainer for me. And uh the front cover is like this huge, like monster hand behind this like tiny little uh imperial citizen figure in this big, like drowned city. You know, I'm just I'm sold on this so far, right? right. Um basically everyone's escaping. One of the Imperial Acolytes is basically kind of like a scribe, like a a bureaucratic processing type uh, person. Um, She's trying to escape, but (laughs) her papers aren't in order. (laughs) (laughs) And she's got um, Stefan Crucius, who's this Inquisitor. He's after her because he's like, mate, something's going on. What the fuck's up with your papers? Um, And, yeah, basically they sort of get stranded and they're trying to escape while he's hot on her heels, but... Something's following them in the rain. <laughs> oh, I know, I know. Mark just pulled a face of, ooh, yeah. was that perplexity or was no? You just raised your eyebrows. Man, this is such good radio. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, there's, there's something in the rain. Um, I was just sold on it. I mate, I put it on. It was. I think it was last Sunday. It was raining outside Sunday night. Lights were off. Nice and dark. Double rain. Man. Sat down on my sofa. Put my little. Bluetooth speaker on, cracked on, did the whole thing in one sitting. I fucking, I really liked it. There's a couple of little bits that I wasn't quite sold on, but, I mean, it's a nice uh, satirical critique of living in a society in like the 41st millennium, basically. Ooh, suddenly got a bit highbrow. And, yeah, well, <laughs> you, you say highbrow, but it's <laughs> it's written in with the same kind of pastiche as as a red dwarf writer. There's some real kind of satirical bits that are like slightly humorous. Right. But not done in a a way that detracts from the story at all. It just makes you think of how like ridiculous the fucking Imperium is. Yeah yeah yeah. Um but yeah it was it was it was a refreshing read the way it was written. I, I enjoyed it. It was definitely written in a different way to kind of standard uh Grimdark kind of stuff. Although cool, it's, it is I'm I'm sold, I'll I'll get that. Yeah, it is still like dark, but I mean mm. it's not a hundred ten percent like serious. Um and I mean, to sum it up, it's it's just it's a good story. It's like it's just like a good adventure. It's like an hour and 15 minutes or something. Uh it falls a bit flat in a couple of bits where I think um I mean, Alec Wally's writing is is great, but I think the the problem is within the confines of an audio drama, uh, there's a couple of bits describing scenes where you kind of get a little bit lost where certain objects are. And I'm I'm you you kind of imagine how a room or a building is meant to look and stuff's moving around, and it's kind of hard to keep track of. But, I mean, I think that's... It might have just been because I was a bit tired when I was listening to it. But then it's the kind of thing that I think uh, it probably would have been really good as... Maybe not a movie, but something on the screen, okay. you know? Um, and, I mean, like, the production's great. The audio drama's great. Voice acting's fucking brilliant. I think there's a, there's a scene in a prison which I think is meant to be... I think it's meant to be quite sinister. This is the only reason I'm kind of writing it down a little bit. And it ended up, because of the, the uh, kind of voice acting of the prisoners, it kind of ended up being a bit funny. It just seemed a bit too <laughs> ridiculous. Okay. Um, but it's very much, although there's that bit, which is a bit tongue-in-cheek, it's very much like the overall story is that Orwell thing of, if you want a picture of the future, imagine a boot stamping on a human face forever (laughs) seriously (laughs) because i mean you'll see what i mean if you if if you experience it um i mean i'm gonna give this watcher in the rain i'm gonna give this 3.7 cagoules out of five (laughs) cool because if anyone doesn't know what a cagoule is who doesn't live in england it's basically just a fancy word for a for a raincoat yeah yeah because i think that might not be a thing outside of the uk um but yeah i think if the author been given a bit more time to explore the story uh, or explore some of, like, maybe the chase scenes. And I I don't mean in terms of his time to finish the actual writing of it, but just say, like, we're going to let you do a two-hour version of this rather than an hour and 15 minutes. I think it needed a little bit more time. Um, But, I mean, overall, Alec, uh, you've done good with this. I I think it's, like, a really good audio drama. And I think the other Warhammer horror stuff... I, I wanted to be a lot more horror and I've realized that they're just not going to be because it's just all grim dark
0: um but this just I was going gonna... to say it, the Warhammer horror things really interesting cuz it's already a bit horrific isn't yeah. it and, and and they're not horrific really I did I did any pe- more than any others are
1: No I did Perdition's Flame as well which I won't get into because I, I should have talked about that ages ago cuz I listened to that a long time ago and that's not particularly a scary audio drama but it's still a good audio drama um I'd still check them out but yeah don't expect to be sitting there terrified cuz I mean It's just not going to happen. Our main focus this month is going to be focusing on Soul Hunter by Aaron Dembski Bowden, or Bowden, which came out in 2010, but has since been... Yeah, I know. I didn't realise it's that old. Oh, man, I did my research. (laughs) Um, And it has been since transformed into the medium of the audiobook, which me and the Noise Marine, or young Mark here have both experienced recently, uh, and we've we've just fucking loved it so much so that we're like, you know what, last episode you just sort of gushed about how good Dawn of War was. Like, I did, yeah. Let's just do the same At for length. this. Because, <laughs> I mean, full kind of disclosure, there'll be some kind of probably minor spoilers in here. Um, I'm not going to like give away any big twists or anything, but there's going to be some stuff described just because I thought it was awesome that
0: you might be like, oh, I didn't know that, and now I do. And, and it's also quite topical that we bring this up because the Warhammer Animations trailer came out recently, didn't it? Yeah. And one of the things that is spoiled or is kind of heavily hinted at is that this that the guys, characters from this, could be appearing in their own animation Indeed. Which should be amazing, and so it's it's it is kind of topical. Yeah, and I mean, this book.
1: When I first saw Night Lords, I think I saw like it wouldn't be third edition, but like just the the old Space Marine sculpts of them with the bat heads, and then the big bat wings, and they just look so ridiculous. I've never had an interest in them until that. Cold Open Stories. With the um, Night Lords in it. I mean, that was pretty cool, and I started thinking, "Oh man, they're actually quite interesting characters." And this book, I just totally fucking sold on them. I think it really helps that it's Aaron Dembski Baldwin writing it because he he kind of writes in a different style to other people. But I mean, we'll get Always into it's better. That. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, Aaron Dembski Baldwin. He has written this. Andrew Wincott does the narration, and it's just—I'd say it's pretty much. Apart from it, there's a couple of little minor gripes, but overall, nothing's perfect. No. No, it should be perfect either. No, and I mean overall I mean, this is how I hope all black library stuff's done in the future.
0: Um I mean mm. I think it's the first time I'd heard this narrator. Yeah. Um I think so anyway. Um but I really liked it, the audiobook guy. Yeah. I loved the the voices he put on. It wasn't too much, it wasn't too little And No, I think
1: one of the most significant things that really spoke to me listening to this audiobook is that Andrew Wincott isn't... He's not narrating it. He is voice acting. I felt like the amount of effort he put in to all the different accents is incredible. Um, Agreed. He puts so much pace and expression into events that are happening there's there's nothing falls flat everything is expressed very very well and i really felt like this this was kind of if they put a couple of sound effects in this is almost like
0: audio drama kind of level and and the accents like holy shit yeah i hadn't thought about it that deeply but i totally agree with you and i liked how he did his grumbly night lord voice but every time it was a different character he didn't have to tell me who was talking. No, I know no. which I knew which night lord he was trying to be. Change it up a little bit. I mean, I, I think the
1: inspiration like for people who haven't heard this yet, I think basically night lords uh you've got the bats and everything. You've got the sort of well, maybe not Dracula, but I'm guessing there's that kind of maybe they were trying to work out what accent to do and they're thinking Transylvania, thinking like Eastern European. Yeah, and that, and that's yeah, the I got more yeah, Eastern, yeah, Eastern mm. European accent. And it, I mean it's fucking flawless when you when you hear him speak normally, like, the change with the accents, there's, there's nothing that stands out that make you feel he's putting it on. It he, feels natural. Yeah, he he does such a good job. I mean, I don't know, maybe, you know, maybe that is his normal accent, I doubt it, but it, it's so good. And even, like I've said before um, on previous episodes, some, some narrators with uh, audiobooks, when they're voicing one of the female characters they kind of go too much into the falsetto voice and yeah. it's a bit off-putting and it breaks the story up a bit. It kind of it, it fucks up your sense of disbelief of how you're listening to it. Mm-hmm. And he really doesn't do that here because he doesn't overdo anything. He doesn't try and whack his voice up like two or three octaves to make it sound cranky. No. Um, and, yeah, it really brought it to life to me. I'm sure if I read this as a book, I'd still be as sold on it, but I just feel that um, he should have been paid double whatever they paid him because... I haven't heard, what, uh, like, an audiobook read in, with such charisma. I, I know I'm fucking, like, really, like, going over the top on this, but,
0: like, well done. No, 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 and <clears throat> I, I enjoyed listening to it. It was a in- pleasurable experience, Yeah. him reading it to me. Yeah, it brings it to life, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. I mean,
1: anyone that doesn't know um, Aaron Dembski-Bowden, I mean, obviously, we've said about Talon Horus and Black Legion. Um, some people might get this reference. I've aarons he's basically the macho man Randy Savage of Black Library. I mean, he's the cream of the crop. He's done fucking Hell's Reach. In our opinion. Yeah, well, in our opinion. I mean, no, I say, sorry, I would say he's up there with Dan Abnett because I don't want to dis- discredit Dan
0: Abnett at all because I think Dan Abnett... I don't think we'd want to discredit anyone that writes for Black Library.
1: Oh, no, no, but you know what I mean? But
0: I think... Are we both, every book we've read of his, we've loved.
1: Yeah, and I think it's because there are a few Black Library books... Where well, I I believe they might be uh, commissioned to sci-fi writers who aren't quite as invested in the the 40k uh, into the game and the lore and stuff. And I think especially with Dan Abnett and especially with Aaron, they are like 40k fanboys in the first place. They get it on a on a slightly different level, which I, I think yes. just kind of catapults it to that next level. Um, I mean, Aaron's done Hell's Reach, which I think most people have experienced by now. I mean, he did, obviously, Mark said uh, Spears of the Emperor, Armageddon, and the uh the, the Horus books. And I think there's, there is two more books after Soul Hunter that are in the same series. It's a trilogy. Isn't yeah. It? Um, so, yeah, I mean, obviously, we we just really like him as a writer. And, uh, yeah, this book's just, it's right up there. So, I mean, so give them a quick rundown, Mark, on what the the actual story is.
0: Yeah, go for it, mate. Or is there anything else you wanted to add? Not really. I'll as you go through. I've got a few notes. I've got more. I've got more bullet points of ideas. Yeah. And you've written a fucking essay. So what <laughs> I'll do is I'll wait to, for you to hit on a point. Yeah. And I might say, Yes, I agree, and it'll yeah. match up with something that I've yeah. said. Or just kick me, because people won't know if you've got oh, shut up, let me talk for a bit. Yeah. Do oh, that. Right. Okay, go for it.
1: So quick rundown. So we're set in M forty one and basically we're following the Night Lords and their struggles in the long war. I mean, you've got the lack of resources affecting
0: them, um the fact that like their home world isn't really there anymore. No. Um And that's something you get to really well. As and again, in it straight away you've Touch on a point that I've picked up on is it really gets the ragtag, piratey yes. nature. Yes, I mean it's it, exactly like with the the lack of
1: resources. I mean you've got uh, one of the things I fucking loved about this, you've got the uh, Covenant of Blood, which is their ship, that the particular Night Lords that we're dealing with are on, and they've got all these like human slaves on the ship, but they're not treated. I mean. They're not treated as as just purely slaves. And I think because their resources are so lacking that these humans are being entrusted to do things that are slightly higher order than initially they probably would have had them then doing. It would have
0: been other legions, yeah.
1: Yeah, so they're... I mean, it's not a lot more, but there's a little bit more respect from the Astartes. Um,
0: yeah, a, a, a bit more, even though it's a lot less. Yeah yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: I know what you um, mean. Yeah, I mean, you've got so this big lack of resources. You've got infighting within the ship already um, because obviously everyone's not going to get along because, I mean, they're chaos. They never organise particularly well. The clues in the name. Yeah. Uh, rival legions. Uh, you've got the threat of the loyalists and there's this like looming presence of chaos, which I think is dealt with really well because you, um, you think of the Night Lords as Chaos Space Marines, but, I mean, overall, they're quite averse to actually worshipping any Chaos gods and things. I mean... Yeah,
0: they're really, like, they look down on it. Yeah. They, they see the corruption, but, like, we don't fuck with the Chaos stuff. We are just pure... We're just against the Emperor. Like, we're not yeah. siding. We don't need gods on our side. No, even, even more so than um, the Black Legion. Yeah, because the Black Legion are like, well, we'll, we'll accept the gods' favour, Yeah, <laughs> but we're not going to bow to anyone in particular, yeah. whereas the Night Lords sort of seem to... Well, especially Talos and his mates seem to... Except for, obviously, a couple. Um, they seem to shun it, don't they? They're like... Um, yeah. Yeah. They're just, they, they just... They 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 just look down on it. It's a really it's negative a weakness. thing. It's a weakness, yeah. Because yeah. they're, they're bred to be
1: these pure, like, killing machines, and they, they don't want anything else sort of helping them along. So our main dude is Talos. Uh, he was an apothecary. I don't know if he is now... I didn't really get
0: that far with remembering. I think no, they caught, they, they mention it, they reference it a lot, don't they? Um, and that's something that appears in some uh, uh, Black Library novels, is that apothecaries sometimes appear on a squad level. Like if you remember um, the Iron Snakes novel, yeah, they had an apothecary in their squad. Like I know it's kind of to take it out of the law for a little minute, but in the game. Each squad doesn't have an apothecary. Yeah, true. But it seems to be in this case. But I don't know, it might be just something I've just missed along the line. But yeah, right, he yeah, he is a he is the apothecary of they're the tenth company, aren't they? Yeah. Tenth company, yeah.
1: Yeah, so he's he's part of the first claw of the tenth company. And squad, I looked I looked yeah, look yeah. up and it's just squad. But claw just sounds better, doesn't it? It does sound well cool. Um, and basically he's under the command of Vandred and Rathi, who is also called the Exalted. So he's basically the leader of this particular war band. Yeah. And he is possessed thanks to, well, thanks to himself, but also uh, Abaddon. He is possessed by a demon. Um, So obviously, as we said, that's kind of a sore point for a lot of the Night Lords because Mm -hmm. they're a bit like, oh, we don't want to be taking orders from this guy You know, they're just happy to get on with the killing, but there is there's a little bit of kind of infighting and distrust of him. Um, Although did I I, even though that's trying to they put that
0: across, I still think he's quite a cool character.
1: Oh yeah, totally, he is, he is, and I think he. um, Back to what we were saying about the actual delivery of the voice acting in this, I think um, Andrew Wincott, the way he voices him. he definitely comes across as someone. I mean, they're obviously very powerful beings anyway, but because he's possessed by a demon, he's got a little bit more to him. Mm. And, I th- and you see that when he's when he's piloting the ship, or he's commanding the yeah, ship. Yeah, and I, I think the way he's voiced especially kind of exudes a lot of power <laughs> and authority. And I, I don't know how he managed to put this much into the vocal work on this, but, oh, fuck me, it's good. Um, so, yeah, Talos and Vandred, they're sort of clashing a bit. Yeah. Um basically what's going on is the night lords they've kind of run out of bullets and abaddon's like well I've got a load of wars and need fighting I'll give you some bullets yeah and <laughs> yeah so the Exhort is like totally fine with sending people off to war but like the the night lords yes their primarch is gone but they're still proud of who they are uh-huh and they don't really want to be fighting for some other guy you know they they want to do it on their own terms um and i think it doesn't help that like abaddon although he's the the despoiler he's not primarch so i think taking orders from him is kind of a stain on their honor yeah um well i think well a lot of them are uh, against the idea but vandrid seems quite up for it yeah and i think it's because they've got that they've both got that link with the the demons haven't they (laughs) um but yeah i mean so pretty much it's it's interesting because there's not a lot of stuff happens in this story but a lot of the story itself is kind of a character development and story development rather than, like, you know, if you... uh, I'm trying to think of what would be a good comparison. If you think of, like, you get a Call of Duty game and there's, like, five big set pieces in the game that happen and the rest is kind of wishy-washy in between, this isn't that. This is, like, the whole story's really involving, even though maybe there's only a few kind of big action sequences um the the whole thing is just so engrossing because the way it's written um and yeah i won't go too much further into what else happens in the story because there's some stuff that it would probably be a big spoiler um but i mean my take on it i mean it's that that character development it's just immense it's better than like so many other black library books i've read um and i think i was only in like I was up to chapter four or five and they've already, like, fully established the characters but also their personalities and their kind of intentions and things. I mean, obviously there's going to be, like, the odd twist here and there but um, in that kind of space of time you're fully invested in the characters and I think Aaron Demsky bowden he's just... He's so fucking good at creating, like, really iconic characters that draw you in. Like, when we had... Um, Talana Horus, and you are like, mate, you got to read this because you know there was that one bit where, oh fuck, the
0: Dusty Boys, the Rubricai, yeah,
1: they they just like they've got their one word response to him.
0: On oh, that bit where just the, the, on, e- and yeah, then the guy says two words, yeah, yeah,
1: and then you're just like, holy shit! And there's like just from like reading, I think Talana Horus, like I went from a guy who would. Thought I would never get any um, traitor Astartes. I'd never have any heresy in my house. And then went out and bought the old Thousand Sons kill team, didn't I? Because he's just that good with his uh, characters. Um, and anything you want to add so far, Mark, in this
0: review no, you've, of them? Um, you covered a lot of the points that I wanted to talk about. Um, and, and I've jumped in when I've needed to. So he does kind of touch on the psychological warfare aspects of it quite a lot. They do love fighting in the dark and scare the shit out of people.
1: Yeah, they do. I mean, I've got... Hang on. Real, real quick. I think I've got... There was, there was one thing that really stuck out to me. Um, they're talking about... It's, it's the war sage. Malkarion. And uh, they're talking about bullets and bolters and, you know, stuff for killing and fighting wars. But he's, he says about the importance of fear. And he says, Fear is a venom just as potent as any poison to break any foe or something, and I'm like, oh man, because they're really into like. Obviously, I mean, these guys, all the lights on the ship, they're off. <laughs> <laughs> they really like being in the dark. Yeah, um, that's, that's to do with Nostramo. Their homeworld is dark, isn't it? Yeah, right. Yeah, well, was, was was dark. It was yeah. when it when it was a homeworld because it kind of got obliterated. Mm. Uh, but yeah, there is a lot of that psychological warfare. I mean, they're just, overall, they're just real nasty bastards. They are, yeah. Aren't they? (laughs) As far as bad guys go. He also does a really good job with the storytelling of even the small side stories there's like little bits here and there, like where he'll he'll build up characters that you care about, or, or not care about, but characters that you understand and like are into in in just a few pages, and there'll just be like these little bits, like on the ship they've got like a little sort of almost towns in like the underbelly of the ship, yeah, where all the sort of humans are kind of confined to, and they sound like super interesting. I was imagining, well, just the the atmosphere and stuff, and like the like little market stalls and things, stuff that you wouldn't necessarily need in a 40k novel, but something that just gives it that little bit added depth, which Mm -hmm. I I really appreciated and it helped me really, really get into them as, as characters and as a legion. Um, and the whole like token thing. Yes. That was cool. Yeah. There's, there's so much, um, what's the, it's not
0: world building as such, but it is world building. It's, and it's kind of like why people like the stuff like Lord of the Rings. Because it's got all that lore, all that backstory, and all that history, yeah. and kind of stuff that goes on that doesn't even necessarily get explained, but the fact it's there.
1: Yeah, and, and there's things that I'd, I'd never heard of before. Like, they talk about, um, obviously, you've got the, the humans or the serfs or the slaves to the Astartes, and when you become, like, indentured to one of these people, uh, one of the Astartes, you'll get branded... And it talks about, like, the slave branding, which is, like, it doesn't – you don't need it in the story, but it, it's just – it makes them seem that much more ominous. And it's its the, the Night Lords. It's, like, their symbol, and it's mixed in with Astarte's blood, like – I'd never heard about that before. It just seems so interesting, and that it had never been covered before. And it's just it's purely out of it seems like unless I've missed it out of one of the old codexes, which I've never read. It sounds like it's just something that Aaron Demskybound has just sort of decided on. And mm. I'm like, yeah, well done, because it's it gives it that that much more grimdark, more
0: depth as well. Yeah,
1: yeah. Any other things you really got into with the way the story was written? No, you
0: covered it all, man. Yeah, yeah. I just yeah, I agree with everything you said. <laughs> yeah.
1: Oh man. Um I think one of the really cool things was the the Void War. I mean, it there's a couple of scenes within this and it just made me want to play like the Battlefleet Gothic. Was it Battlefleet Gothic? Uh, Battlefleet yeah. Gothic Armada or whatever that newer one is. Oh well, I I was um talking
0: about the original game, or the miniature board yeah, game, but then yeah.
1: I have to get them and build them and paint them. No,
0: no, no <laughs> but you mean the computer game. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I mean, I it's the first book I've
0: ever cared about that kind of combat in it's I think. mostly boring. Yeah, isn't it? But this wasn't I didn't enjoy it as much as the normal fighting, but it was it was better than the others.
1: Yeah, I think especially cuz you're concerned about the actual people on the ship and stuff. I mean, obviously like when torpedoes are going like thousands of miles away, it, it is a bit more like slowly paced. But yeah, the way it was done in this was just pretty fucking awesome and I loved how like He's describing the Night Lords as these like ruthless killing machines. And I really liked how there's a point where they make the cannons aren't like the most dangerous weapon on the Covenant of Blood. It's the
0: boarding pods. Yeah, yeah. They're the most dangerous weapon they have. And I was like, <laughs> Oh, <laughs> that was really good. That um that scene with the boarding action, that's one of my I've got three stars for this book, three golden moments, and that's yeah. one of them. I loved it because
1: it was like going back to how ruthless the Night Lords are mm-hmm. when he talks about the Obviously, we said ammunition is scarce. Resources are not plentiful. So (laughs) it's really evil because he puts... um, Demsky Bowen puts the Night Lords up against humans, I think, in, like, the first major fight, isn't it? And it's like, oh, to conserve ammunition, they just went through killing them by hand. (laughs) And it's like they put them right into, like, a heavily populated area of this Loyalist ship. And they're just running through just... Denying,
0: brutalising people, and there's that because it's they're defending the the bridge of the ship, aren't they? Yeah. And there's that guy, and he gives this whole backstory about this guy, the the uh, the lieutenant or whatever it is, the human guy who's in charge of the 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 the, the men that are protecting the yeah the um, the bridge, and he's just like listening to over the vox, isn't he? And all the yeah. the is yeah. just getting wiped going, out, going silent, and yeah. he's getting gradually more and more concerned, <laughs> isn't he? <laughs> And it gives you, I like, he just fleshes him out a tiny bit for him, you know, only to be killed moments later. Yeah, just because just, why not? Why not? Yeah, yeah. and
1: I, I love it because he doesn't go like later on. There are some bits that are really quite bloody, but with the people being killed, he he leaves a lot up to your imagination. Only that you know it's kind of like melee weapons only versus versus like like people who are just wearing like
0: just, your just black vests, yeah, or yeah.
1: or just like. Whatever clothes they've gotten on a spaceship because they didn't expect to suddenly be boarded. Um, and it makes it that bit more ruthless because I, I can't think of anything worse than being killed barehanded mm. by an Astarte. It, like, uh, I'd rather get a bolt gun to the head. Yeah. Like at least that would be painless rather than having like this huge towering thing that you know you can't escape from. You'd be so terrified and you're just like crushed to death by it. Yeah, it's, it's not really a good way to go. Um, I think there's a lot of really good points with this book one of the things that we sort of uh, interestingly both found was there's a part where they end up fighting a titan mm-hmm. and we didn't really know how it, how it happened it just sort of i just had to go oh okay then i even skipped back a chapter on my audible app to re-listen to it and i'm like oh no it just sort of deployed on a world fighting a titan yeah
0: because it kind of goes that they, it says that they start fighting on this world to help a abaddon don't they and then next thing you know oh they're fighting a titan yeah. Um a little
1: bit strange but I mean overall that was still quite interesting. Yeah. Um I I loved how uh the kind of interactions between the squad were going because there's one dude who's like obsessed with corn. And people in the Night Lord squad get really annoyed with him because he's sitting there going like "blood for the blood god" and uh, yeah. you know, "souls for the soul eater," and they're like, "shut, shut up, yeah. fucking, just shut up." You do this every time, yeah. every time, and they're sitting in the drop pod. And I think it's his like Talos or someone
0: like gets him by the head and like slams his head into the wall to shut him up. Yeah. And when he's on the to go back to the boarding action, he's like slamming on the door trying to get in, isn't he? He's, I want my prey. <laughs> Yeah. he just loses himself doesn't he
1: it, it's cool because you get that variety they're not all just I mean some of them are mindless killers but they've got mm. personalities Yeah, you know it's, it's something that you can actually get into and identify them as different characters uh, I think there's another really awesome bit where um, it kind of builds on the fact that this isn't written with just the chaos marines being the mindless like cartoony bad guys um, basically uh talos is trying to awaken a chapter dreadnought Mm -hmm. and he's talking to this tech priest and he's really respectful when he talks to him yeah and he's like uh because the tech priest is like error this goes against this particular ritual and he's like okay well uh, how can i be respectful and how you know he's, he's very uh humble about it and i'm thinking but everyone else you look down upon. I don't know if it's just because the tech priest is a means to an end for him, but um, it, it shone a new light on them as actually being, well, more intelligent than I expected them to be, you know, yeah. th- that he could show respect and, like, actually have concern about the, the faith of this tech priest. Who, as far as he's concerned, you know, that
0: although that faith is bollocks, but... Yeah, maybe it's because he's a means to an end, but I, I, I did get that vibe, that he was trying to be, like... Not pussyfoot around him, but just kind of like work with him to try and get yeah. the and, end result. And considering, like you, as opposed to saying, "Just do what I fucking tell you."
1: Yeah, but you find that, like the Night Lords, they don't come like from other uh, chapters. They don't come from a world with a warrior culture as such, and it is just a dark world full of like really graphic violence and crime and isn't fear. It? Yeah, like basically, it's like Gotham, basically, isn't it? it yeah and they don't have that warrior culture so for him to be showing respect to anyone it's still a big deal even if it is just because he's going to help him out sort this dreadnought out because Mm -hmm. he could have just like got him by the throat and been like you're going to do this hurry up and he doesn't which I thought was super cool and I don't know it just it built him up more as a character, and i he's he seems almost less of a bad guy in some situations because he 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 is able to actually exhibit empathy um and he's up there with K-On! now for me, this guy I, I got really into him as a character, and yeah there's there's just so much stuff that happens in this book, and I think I don't know if I said it to you when we we're actually recording, but there's not these huge uh two parts. That happen, but there's just loads of really, really interesting bits. It does flit about
0: through the history a little bit, which kind of threw me a few times. Yeah, it does keep dipping back into the past and about the um, uh, the Night Haunter, the Primark, and yeah, bits and bobs like that. And yeah, it does do that a bit, but I didn't find it too disorientating. No,
1: there was just a couple of bits where uh, you have to sort of go, Oh, okay, well, we're we're back in history now. Like, yeah. there's one part where. Uh, they're on uh, Nostromo, which you obviously know isn't there anymore. So, okay, we're in the past. And it's basically uh, like a... It's about like the parade. Yeah, there's a parade of all the Astartes walking through. And it's not like they're there to walk through for people to, like, throw flowers at them. It's to walk through and people be like, oh, shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> Here yeah. they are. It's force. Yeah. There's all these like um, family members like screaming out their children's names, and obviously but they just don't recognise them. No, because when they've gone through the process of being turned into a space mean, their features, psycho indoctrination. Yeah, uh, the they all do it without the helms on, don't they? And they're it, it's just brutal. There's these people just screaming and like getting in the way and like trying to search for their kids, and they're just getting gunned down and stuff. It's so fucking grimdark. I really got into that, and again, it wasn't necessarily vital to the story but it helped build up the characters as well i mean as baddies but i mean just just as characters i just really enjoyed that um there's another thing i really wanted to mention i'm not sure if it's every single time the Exalted is mentioned but uh pronoun wise especially it seemed to be when he was being a complete wanker or being very very evil demsky Bowen refers to the Exalted as it Oh really? And I was that almost gave me chills a couple of times, but I did notice he does say he every now and then. But there's a few times where it's it, and because it's this, it's possessed by two different things. You know, you've got a person in there, and you've also got this demon. Um, I didn't pick up on that. That's quite interesting. Yeah, but that's why it's so cool because I think it's one of these things like if you had the book and you read it through a few times, you keep unlocking little bits, tiny little details that help build the world. And um, we, I, we've m- magically forgot to mention this. But uh, Talos was basically designated as a prophet. He's seen as a prophet of his
0: of his uh squad or of his chapter. I can't remember which one it is. Of well, the company, really. Like and that's why no spoilers, but Abaddon's interested in him. Yeah. Because he's a prophet like the Night Haunter. And I don't think all Night Lords have this ability, but um yeah, Talos can Not vividly see the future, but he can kind of get the gist of what's going to happen in the future. Yeah. He doesn't know, he doesn't see it as it is. He is kind of seen like a visual metaphor of kind of what might happen. Yeah. So, um, so that's quite cool. And that's why he's so revered. And and it's kind of like, there's a big split in the 10th, isn't there? Whether that he should be in charge or the Exalted. Yeah, Vandred.
1: Yeah. And... I mean, a lot of people are kind of rooting for him because he isn't touched by Chaos
0: like the Exalted is. Um, But then I suppose the the, the Exalted has got the benefit of being um, touched with Chaos, and and that's what allows him to be such a good captain of the ship.
1: Yeah, yeah. And I think one of the really interesting bits uh, that spoke to me on the level of the demon possession that I hadn't quite got before and hadn't really chilled me as much as it should have done um, was when Talos is speaking with his men and he's got kind of a psychic link to the warp. He's he's able to kind of intercept some signals from the warp, if if not all of them um, in, like, a consistent way, but he can kind of get the vibe from things, you know. He's got that ability and he says um, that Vandrid, he says he's no longer an Astartes because since he's been possessed by this demon, he can feel fear and they're like, what do you mean? And he says, when I stand close enough to him, I can hear him. Because, I mean, it's like a psychic thing. He can hear the, I guess it's like the emotions he's expressing mm. psychically. And he says, that when you know, when I'm really close enough, not really close enough, when, I, when I'm close enough, I can hear the endless screaming of his soul. And he's saying, because it's not just him. He's He's there, but he's trapped in this thing with this demon. And like the 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 human soul in there is terrified and he's just endlessly screaming. And I was like, fucking hell. And that's going to yeah. be like potentially for thousands of years. You know, he, he hasn't really got a good deal out of that. No. Um, and I'd never, I'd never considered that part of it. It's usually just here demonic possession. And that's about all you, you just think, oh, okay, you're a bit evil then. But there, this guy's having a really bad time. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I love that. Um, and I think just overall, I can't just go on about how good the character development is in this. Have you got any other notes? Like,
0: uh, All I've got is... Well, I've got a big question I want to ask you at the end. And um, I've got three star points from this book for me. Yeah. It's kind of like a summary. Do you want me to do those now? I think I think it'd be rude not to. Um, for me, one of the standout moments is the boarding action and the void war. Yeah. So when they're fighting in the void and then they attack the ship and you find out about the history of the ship. They're attacking some of the crew... And they all get fucking brutalised. <laughs> yeah. And I love the description of the the captain. Yeah. And he's all, like, basically plugged into the yeah. ship. Yeah.
1: Oh, fuck. I thought I noted that down and I didn't, but yes, I
0: remember that. That's fucking, that's great. Yeah. I love that. And they just he just nicks him. <laughs> he's like, I love you, I love it. you. You might be useful. And the same way with the titan, the uh, the princeps titan in that, the the guy who pilots it just yeah. takes him as well. Oh, I thought they killed the captain. I thought they took the princeps no, you, and killed right. the captain. No, you're right. They take the princeps and he kills the captain. He kills. He stabs him, doesn't he?
1: Yeah, because and that's really brutal because it, you've got this this captain who's in charge of this huge fucking vessel and he's so powerful, but like in the flesh in this room that he's in, he's without body, his guard tube. and he can't move. He can't yeah. do anything, and he really, he, he really, really Fucks runs him through. Mind.
0: Yeah, <laughs> so that's a highlight. Um, if you like dreadnoughts fighting at the end, that's quite a good fight. Oh yeah, I
1: can't. Talk too much about no. Dreadnoughts because
0: of spoilers, but yeah, that is that is really good. Especially... And, and the history between the yes. two Dreadnoughts. Yes. It's like, oh.
1: it, it's, good. So, it's so fucking brutal. Actually, I am going to leave. There was a bit I really wanted to talk about at the end of that fight, but I'm going to leave it out because I think when people get to that bit, you're going to be like, oh, shit. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. One cool thing is when one of the Dreadnoughts is like incapacitated or dying, I think it would probably just be incapacitated. I don't really know how dreadnoughts go, but it says like the uh, dreadnoughts lying. I don't know why I'm doing the action for you, Mark, but (laughs) the dreadnoughts like lying on the floor, and its claw is just like twitching, open and closed. And it's like when you see uh, like someone like killed off in a really brutal way in a horror film or like a shark movie. There might just be a leg left, and the nerves are going, and it's twitching. And it made me think of that. It just Mm. it was like extra brutal.
0: (laughs) And and the meeting with the is my final point. Yeah. That was a really cool meeting to see it Baden from because obviously I'd just come from Black Legion, so I'd seen it from a different perspective, and yeah, and how he just the conversations really it's a really good back and forth dialogue between the two. Cause they're two really good characters, and obviously ADB kind of is good at writing Abaddon. Obviously, he wrote this before he did Black Legion stuff, but yeah. he still you still get the similar vibe. Yeah. um Although I feel the Abaddon we see in Night Lords is a bit different to the developing one we have in Black Legion. Um, he yeah. seems a bit, like, less... He's still, like, an, uh, an orator and still kind of good at talking, but not as much, I don't feel. But I suppose the Black Legion books are, are there to to flesh that character out, so... Yeah, definitely. And I like that, that Talos just sticks to his guns. I like that a lot. Yeah. Um, so yeah, they're my three standout moments. But my my question for you, though, Jackson: Talos versus Kaon. who would win in a fight? That's a really good question. We're, t- we're talking like Black Legion, Kaon. So he hasn't got the axe and the wolf anymore. This is also, as far as we're aware, the up to date oh, Kion. Hey, I don't know. This is Talos at the end of the book. I don't know. I honestly don't know. I think, I think, at Soul Hunter, so Soul Hunter, so the book we're on now versus Kaon from Bat Legion. I think Kaon would win. Yeah, yeah, I think he would, because he's got. Because like Talos is a good fighter, but he's not like Sigismund, is he? No, he's not Abaddon. But then he does, without giving
1: anything away, he does think outside the box in terms of how to start combat. And yes. How to give
0: himself the upper hand. He does have that, but then Kaon's a very powerful psyker. Yeah, true. So he can just zippity zap him. Oh, and also, yeah, he could get in, inside his mind, couldn't he? He can, yeah, because if if he can like basically mind control that entire fortress at the beginning of Black Legion on yeah. his own, I think he wouldn't have too much trouble. <laughs> yeah, I, I did think that Kaon's probably got the edge, but although they wouldn't necessarily fight, but um in terms of characters though. I like both of them equally, really. I think I, I, I really like both of them. Yeah, I think
1: that's where I'm finding that difficult because for me, asking that question is is not so much who would win in the fight. It's who do you like more? Who you'd be rooting for?
0: No, yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't know who to root for, but I think if you're being cold, hard facts, I think k would have the edge Yeah, in the fight. And for those who are
1: listening to this, especially, I don't know if Stephen Smith listens to this one, but I mean, he's well into his Night Lords. Um, there's a bit... From I don't I can't remember if it's Talon or Horus or Black Legion, where they drop that, Kaon brother, and you're like, yeah. Argh. there's there is an Ave Dominus Knox bit in this, yeah. and when when you get to it, you're just like, Argh. it's so good, but it just it's like saved up, and when when they drop this line, it's fucking brutal. Yeah, I like uh, the pre sight. Yes. Oh, that's that's a very fucking cool little line, man. That's kind of. I'm, like, not, I'm not even sure what that means. I think it's just a cool thing they say. Yeah, man. Little catchphrase. Yeah. Precise. <laughs> yeah, man. It takes me back to like good old like action movies where they've got some like really, or or even Fury when he's like on the way, <laughs> every dumbie loads. Oh the gun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh man. Yeah, I think I don't want to gloss over it too much, but um, there's two characters we haven't really mentioned too much because we try like obviously there's a few little spoilers, but I don't really want to ruin it for anyone yeah I don't want to take bits out of the story that stop you wanting to listen to it but um Septimus and Eurydice are two characters who are quite prominent in this book yes and and I found him really annoying to begin with but I ended, ended up, up him. yes the same I ended up I, I really really liked him and um Eurydice she's basically an astropath um, who is involved in this story? <laughs> and she's such. Well, a... they get her at the
0: beginning, and it's no—it's right at the beginning, isn't it? Yeah, that true. They capture. her. Yeah, the
1: they they capture her, and she's a very interesting character because she, you know, she's like, oh God, you're heretics, you know. And then she doesn't want to be taken by them, and she's like, oh, you know, I'll be rescued or something, and they're like. If the Imperium come and get you off this ship, do you, do you think they're going to not kill you? Yeah, because you've been with us now, and she has to suddenly realise that but this is it now. You that's are, it. You're here. You're one of. There's no escape, and you know there's not going to be any kind of hero that comes through to save someone who's been on a chaos ship for any length of time. Who you know, especially because she's. I mean, she's already like a psycho. There's already like some kind of mutation with her body and stuff. So she's already a little bit. People are unsure on line, of her, yeah. and now she's you know with the taint
0: of chaos. Um, I like how she's an astropath, but not even a very good
1: one. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I know it's, it's it's way more believable, isn't it? Because yeah, because she comes from like one of the like the lesser houses, so she's yeah, she's a, a, like a rookie from a lesser known house. Yeah, so, she so knows, she's not even a particularly good no, one. She knows she's never destined for greatness, and you know she's sort of accepted it but then all of a sudden she's like suddenly with the fucking night lords and you think like how did your life go from that to that but yeah you know i hope a lot of the characters are going to recur across the books um i i think the other two are on there as audio books or i hope they are i think this one came out in 2017 as an audio book i'm not I, i'm not sure on that but i haven't looked i mean uh, there's some really gory shit in there that's brilliant the the fucking the characters are great um one of the things I also noticed that I've got in my notes was I really liked how when there's combat between two Astartes the the way it's written I don't want to say slowed is in like the pacing is slow but the way it's written it it gives it's like a weightier feel to the combat. Like, when a blow's landed, it it, it means something. And it's not just like, oh, glancing blow, glancing blow, and, and like, ad infinitum. It's like, mm. when something gets... Or when someone gets stabbed or when someone gets shot, it's like, they're really fucked up, and it makes the Space Marines seem as powerful as they should be, rather than just our bolt rounds just, like, ricocheting off armour all the time. It's like if someone gets shot in the face with a bolt gun, their head's not there anymore. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, And, yeah, I I really like the way that was done. Um, I don't know. I think we're probably going all over everywhere now. I think, conclusion-wise, good book. Um... Uh, I'm just so happy it's start like a start of a series because
0: I I love getting into a series like this. Yeah, I'm looking forward to getting stuck into the other two. We should definitely once we've done the other two, come back and do like an end. Yeah, end thoughts on I, I the... think gripe wise,
1: it's just that there's the opponent called Vral and the opponent called Zal in one of the fights. Yes, and I'm like, oh my god, Vral did this, Zal did that, and you're like, hang on, and it's not just the two guys involved in the fight. There's other. Um, there's other combatants involved, but one's called Zarl and one's called Vral. And I'm thinking, when you were writing this, didn't you think maybe I'll give a slightly different sounding name so it's not like yeah. confusing? But, yeah, man, I'm giving this five drop site massacres out of five because
0: <laughs> <laughs> I think it was fucking perfect. Okay, yeah, uh, what better uh, um, what better rating than that, really? <laughs> I
1: thought it was brutal, so...
0: Yeah, I yeah. loved it, I loved it. yeah. Yeah. So uh, sweet. To, uh, san- like like I said, a lot of these sections, a sanctioned extremist thumbs up. Yeah, big thumbs for up for the uh, first book in the Night Lord series. Sweet. I think what we do is
1: we'll um, we'll have a quick break and we'll come back. Just run over some shit we've seen in the community recently, and then we'll and close sign up off the and then done.
0: Yeah. Cool. Yes, so we've got the Adeptus Communitas section coming up. Um, we're going to talk about some things we've heard in the community, mainly YouTube-based, for me. Um, so, like last time, I'm going to run through this fairly quickly. Um, we've got Snipe and Wib. They've done a new Codex compliant, the Sisters of Battle one. Hey, it was really good. I really, really got good. Into that. I really enjoyed that, and very topical, because it's obviously a very hot topic at the moment. So if you want some like old-school Sisters of Battle action... Go and check that out. It's pretty good. Uh, Striking Scorpion 82. Still pumping out those good quality bat reps and some awesome paint guides and yes. some reviews. Really loved that. I really enjoyed watching him paint some Dark Eldar. Mate, I'm all about painting guides because I couldn't paint unless I had YouTube. <laughs> I don't know how people used to do <laughs> it back in the day.
1: Um, Probably they were good. Valrak's still pumping out the good quality content. Yes, and I loved how much he's like really looking out for the starties guy, who yeah, apparently Astartes the channel, the channel yeah. got deleted now. But I'm sure
0: he's still got all the original um, like video files and stuff. But it's but the followers but... and the revenue. Yeah, I, suppose, I know it's the just the shit, isn't it. Um, so what? Well, yeah, Valrak. as it, as we mentioned, him, we mentioned him every episode, but he deserves it. Uh, Winter's SEO Mate, again. You just, love Winter's SEO, don't you? Just bat reps. I mean, I, I could watch battle reports all the time. I mean, my favourite thing about bat reps is the first 10 minutes where they talk about the armies. Yeah. That's my favourite yeah. bit. Um, that's what I like when I'm my toast in the morning. That, that's yeah, the yeah. I'm it's enough into. type breakfast time to go, right, I might watch the results of this battle yeah. later. But, and I, I find that the full bat reps are better for when you're doing painting. You just put it on and listen yeah. to the whole thing. But yeah. I can get away with just seeing the armies, if I'm being honest. Um, I've been getting really into tabletop minions. Man. I just find his voice very nice to listen to Wait, he's so good. And his beard. And he just seems like a cool hobby guy.
1: Yeah, he does, doesn't he? And he always he he's the guy who always has um Sam Lenz
0: on as well, the guy who always has cool metal shirts, who's yeah, like a yeah. sick painter, yeah. Saw him. Uh Gorilla Miniatures games. Um GMG. GMG. He seems like a cool dude as well. Um always really up to date with um like book reviews, you know, battle reports and and does lots of other or doesn't do just games workshop so it has other things on there yeah um, again he's a veteran of the scene he's been around for ages he does a cool like um, like almost a podcast but it's a youtube thing and they talk about main topics so he's talking about nostalgia and old models and then yeah it, uh, last episode and that and was really great nice. just to have on
1: everyone loves a bit of nostalgia Definitely fucking do, don't And I'm mate. gonna we're gonna get into that just before we close the show out. Because remember our last episode I
0: said about the Skulls Reward Programme. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Mate, we'll get into that. I, yes. Um I've got a couple more. Uh independent characters. They've got their last cast was the Chaos Knights one. Yeah. A good three hours. <laughs> I know. Um and I have only just scratched the surface,
1: this, but I'm that's the show of force, isn't it? And they were like I noticed they said during the episode, like, Oh man, every time we do this, like everyone goes out like the guys who do the uh, show, like, some of them haven't got that army and end up going out and buying it. And I was like, oh, And I listened to it. I was like, man, these these night armies
0: sound pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> and the last thing I want to call out for, uh, Mini Wargaming, um, they did that appeal. Did you see their thing recently where they're saying that um, Vimeo, who hosts all their videos, are basically yeah. going to charge them and they can't afford to do it anymore? Yeah. Um, yeah, that was a thing. Anyway, um, one of their guys does a thing called a Legion Lockdown um where they've got this little chart and it's basically you get people in and they roll on this chart and it's a random legion versus a random legion <laughs> and so it was obviously a, a, a loyalist versus a star yeah yeah so they don't know versus what they're chaos gonna play mean. so one guy rolls on the chaos table one yep. guy rolls on the imperial table and they just make an army there and then on the spot and it's all whizzy wig you know what that means what you see is what you get. Love it. Yes. Yeah. Uh, all the stuff WYSIWYG, and they they take named characters if they can, and it's just and they play open war cards, you know, with the random cards. Yeah. And it's just like, it's just fun because they're playing random games with. Random legions, it's always like space marines, obviously. Yeah. And then random missions, and it's just a bit of fun, really. Imagine having that many painted armies that you could do You that. could just do that. <laughs> yeah, I know. So I've been enjoying those, really. Although I don't watch many of the uh, mini wargaming bat reps, if I'm being honest, but that's one that stuck out to me. Yeah. Um, but that's it. Yeah. That's all my YouTubing Uh, and sort of podcasty kind of nonsense, really. I do. Consume a, a large amount of that. Yeah, I content. do as well. I fucking too love much. it, and it's free. Yeah,
1: um, yeah. Speaking of YouTube, like I've I've got to give another huge shout out to Adam Nickel at Fluff and Hammer, which is the Fluff and Hammer podcast, but they put it all up on YouTube as well, which we should probably do, but I I'm too lazy. Yeah, fuck it. Yeah. Um, so I've already gone on before about his review, uh, his review, his reading of the Last Church by Graham McNeil, which is like my probably my favourite. 40k short story and mm. his reading of it's just fucking bang on he recently did a reading of monastery of death by charles stross who wasn't a writer i'd heard of before i mean i'm not me, gonna sp- me neither. no i'm not gonna spoil anything but it's called monastery of death and it's read <laughs> by the Fluff and hammer guy who's got a very nice voice to listen to so i mean i'd, I'd crack on that uh basically you've got uh a world that who's maybe not want to join up with the Imperium, and the Imperium sends a bunch of people down there to be like, yeah, so do you want to... <laughs> <laughs> do you want to change your mind? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so that's basically that story. Um Cool. But, I mean, it's such a metal title, so I'd definitely check it out. <laughs> yeah. Um And I haven't got a lot to go on about, really, apart from... I discovered this channel that's been going for a while called Oculus Imperia, which is fucking amazing, and it's basically it's a YouTube channel that does 40k lore. And I know people can be like, "Yeah, there's those of them," but heresy, I say <laughs> to think like that because it's such a good channel, and it's like it's almost like you're listening to uh, I'm trying to think like a, a lecture of like the history of of 40k. But it's done from the perspective of a person in the forty k universe. Oh no way! That's almost quite cool. Almost like they're maybe like a remembrancer or something. And yeah. Like yeah. On, on some of the episodes, there's like little bits at the beginning or or the end where he's kind of setting the scene that he's perhaps like you know trying to get these words written down for someone to read because of how important they are, or like the uh, maybe like he's scared of of um, repercussions. Yeah, or such and such finding him, or, or whatever. But. Like, it you're getting, like, all the sort of pertinent information of, like, events, races, uh, like, big historical campaigns. Um, and, yeah, you do... It's, it's Not all the time, but sometimes there's, like, a little bit of backstory of his character. And it's even got, like, like chanting in the background, so it's, like,
0: extra Imperial. <laughs> you are <laughs> like, saying lots of things that are really ticking boxes for me. Mate, I don't... I, 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 I'm definitely going to be checking this out when I go home. Mate, o- Oculus, Imperia,
1: and... Oh, I don't know. He's just—he's one of those channels where, like the Bard, I've done all the videos and now I'm doing them all again. Um, He doesn't release. (laughs) I do watch the Bard videos. a lot. He doesn't release like uh, daily or weekly because, like uh, Lutin, he'll he'll spend like quite a while doing a really good video, which I prefer if people do that. You know, because there's some that do like every single day. Not not but like some people just churn stuff out, and after a while, it's a little bit too saturated. Yeah. Um, but he like to sum up the vibe of the channel. There's a like there's a little bit on the. I think it's like on the about bit on the YouTube, but uh, it just says, we remember the light. Let these records stand testament to what was and what now can never be. Oculus Imperia, the Eye of Empires. I mean, I, I just can't say enough good things about him. He's he's like remembrance in like big time and it's it's done in, in character. Yeah. And I'm, mate, I'm fucking sold on that. It's a good channel. Great. Um, And obviously just quick shout out to... The Grim Dark narrator. I don't know if you ever encountered him. I... Um, he does 40k lore, but he's been doing it. I think Oculus Imperial is probably two years old. I think Grim Dark narrator is five or more years old. He's oh, got okay. so many fucking videos, like so many of all, all 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 different 40k races, campaigns, guns, just so much stuff. And I'm always checking them out because there's just an abundance of them. And he even does like some. Uh, there's Warhammer Fantasy as well, and he'll do like audiobook readings and stuff. So I'm going on my phone right now to subscribe Yeah, and check so, it out later. So that's worth checking out. I mean, that's that's all my stuff for com- community wise. I think, um, are you cool if I do some shout outs? I don't know if you've got any to do. Um, you no, no, I, I'm not good. <laughs> no, I've, I've done all my stuff that I wanted to talk about. Yeah. The, the community stuff. I just like actual general shout outs for people. Um, yes, that's Oculus Imperium, Mark. Subscribe. Subscribe. Yeah, shout outs, Lee Hamilton, sorry we didn't reply to your message, because you sent us a message on Facebook on the thing, and I'm so used to people not sending us messages that we didn't reply, I'm going to reply to you at some point, but I just wanted to say hi on the podcast to make up for the fact that I think you sent us a message about six weeks ago, and it was still, it's still just sent. And not yeah, seen. shit, aren't we? But now it's seen. Um, Greg Cole, uh, thanks for streaming your painting. You did, what, Greg in a basket on Instagram. Sorry, yeah. everybody. He did, like, a competition piece. This is probably a while ago now, actually, but he streamed himself painting it, and uh, I got really into it, so that was cool. Um, He's painting all his uh, Dark Angel stuff up as well. Yeah, man. For, the, for lion. the lion. Oh, and one of our, like, I say old school. We haven't even been going for a year now, but one of like, the old school guys uh, who's liked us from... Quite early on, Dan, I always fuck his name up. It, I don't know how to pronounce it, sorry. I know Dan. who you're talking about, yeah. yeah. He sent us a message on Facebook because I was talking about uh, painting imperial fists and, like, how hard it is to do yellow right, and he sent me this really fucking cool scheme he's done that is... Was in contrast, wasn't it? Yeah, and it was... No, 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 it was, um, it was loads of washes, but it was, like, Avaland then a heavy fucking wash of Nuln Oil and a heavy wash of Agrax, and then Avalon back over it, and it looks filthy, but in a really good way, like it actually looks like grimdark. Like, yeah, it. like when I just did spray on Avalon as my base for the yellow, it didn't look quite right, it's too mustardy, but this looks actually like it's been in battle for a long time. So, yeah, nice one, man, that's cool. cool. Um And then, mate, on Instagram, really quickly, I just want to rattle off some names, London40k... Eightfold Path, JP underscore WH40K. Hello. And the guy, the guy who's fucking username on Instagram, it just got me, Lehman Brush. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. I love it. It's such a good username. Uh, yeah, uh, I think we're pretty much done, like ready to close out the episode, aren't we? Yeah, man. Social media tags for us at Sanction Extremist Podcast for the Instagram and the old Facebook. Extremist podcast at gmail.com if you want to email us, and at SanctionExtrem1 on Twitter. Do we even still have that?
0: Yeah, I just never use
1: it. Because uh, <laughs> I don't know how to use
0: Twitter, I don't I understand think, it. Yeah, my, my Twitter, I used to be linked to the account, it just yeah. disappeared, and I assumed that just because we Oh, were no, it's sh- still a thing. Oh, just because yeah. we were shit at it. I, I feel
1: like once I hit 30, I just am
0: unable to grasp how to use Twitter. I, I don't know how... How I don't, I don't understand the concept, but I just don't really... It doesn't really grab me. No. It, yeah, it's weird. I it? look at it if I've got nothing else to do.
1: Yeah. Anyway, I digress
0: massively. Uh,
1: skulls Rewards programme. Before we sign off, I want to talk about this last episode. Yes, Does anyone old Skulls. Right. Anyone who doesn't know, this was basically... I don't know how the money would have worked elsewhere, but in England, you got... Was it for mail order only?
0: No, I think I remember getting in the in shop. The
1: store, yeah. It's every tenner. Every 10 quid you spend, you <laughs> got a sticker with a skull on it. And it was a shiny sticker. It wasn't just a matte one printed off like some generic photo paper. It was a yeah, shiny sticker. sticker. Yeah, you weren't that. For every 10 pounds you spent, you got
0: a sticker. And these stickers could later be. But you'd, you you'd have in. a little fold out booklet, wouldn't you? Yeah. And it'd Where be it'd like, like a. You'd have to
1: collect a certain number. Yeah, it'd be like a countdown chart. Mm-hmm. And I mean, so you could save them up for anything from like. Those really old school kind of like trifold canvas wallets with the Velcro strip on. Yeah. Um and you could get like apparently exclusive minis, although I never got any no, of those.
0: Um I've got one of the um I think I got the Empire Warhammer Fantasy standard bearer. Ooh. Back in the day. And you can and even... I've got and I've got my well, my dad had it and painted it and gave it to me. Well, he got had it and painted it, and then when they moved house, it was shifting some stuff. And I've got the the Space Marine with the banner. Oh, shit. Yeah, because they did, like, Admech stuff as well, didn't they? They did a limited run of Admech stuff, yeah. Yeah, man. I think they... There's, like, nowhere to be seen. Y- you could
1: get really cool stuff, like resin busts. There was one of a Space Wolf. Yes, and yes. And you needed... I think you needed 10 skulls for, like, a canvas wallet. You needed 50 skulls for a resin bust. Oh, there was the Aquila or Aquila, the belt buckle, which I wish I'd got. That was fucking awesome. <laughs> if they made one of those now, would you get one? Yes. Okay. It's twenty five skulls that you had to spend two hundred and fifty quid, and this is back in the late nineties, I think. So that's a so lot games of money. Workshop,
0: the stuff was cheaper. Yeah. So yeah.
1: So it was a lot of money, but I mean, they did really cool things like that as a belt buckle. But then <laughs> there was one that I saw because I was looking at the old pamphlets that you got, where it showed you all the prizes. Well, rewards, not prizes. One of them is the Necron examination table. And <laughs> it's saw, saw so shit. It's just, it's not a table with legs. It's just like a square bit of metal with a couple of little metal parts on top. And it's like, because they show you it unpainted. I'm like, how is that a reward? Yeah. It's yeah. so it's bad. One of the
0: little scarab things are opened
1: up. Yeah, it? Oh, that's it. It, yeah. That's it. Yeah. It's a bit suspect. I, I don't know why I think it needed legs, but if you're going to call it a table, it's just it's like a floor tile. <laughs> I don't understand how that was a reward that you had to spend 100 quid for. Like, good Lord. But, I mean, I wish they'd bring it back because I'd love to get rewarded for, like, buying something. Yeah. But apparently I found out, thanks to a forum post, which is obviously gospel, Yeah. the reason it got cancelled after just two years
0: was... Well, two years is quite a long time. All right, sorry. <laughs> well, I, I, I don't know. Uh, sorry. I just seemed, uh, you know, within six months it was cancelled. Okay. That would seem a short amount yeah, of time. Yeah, no, that's a good point. Okay, So it ran for two years. So... The reason it was cancelled after a glorious
1: two years (laughs) was because Games Workshop picked up the license to do Lord of the Rings. Right. And part of that license was that Lord of the Rings stuff couldn't be sold at a discount and couldn't be part of sales or in conjunction with sales offers. Oh. So because of that, you couldn't buy a Lord of the Rings product and they give you a skull point for it. So it would
0: create too much confusion.
1: Yeah, which I don't think is a good enough reason to get rid of it. Because I, I, if I was Games Workshop, I'd just be like, yeah, it only applies to Games Workshop branded or like Warhammer stuff.
0: Oh, say so it just doesn't apply to Lord of the
1: Rings. Yeah, yeah. But apparently that's why they got rid of it. I thought that was potentially a bit hokey, a bit woolly. so it's probably the right word. Mm-hmm. So I thought that was a bit woolly and I looked into it and I saw that the thing is the company that owned owns, not owned, the IP for all of the Rings, I wouldn't put it past them. For doing was for, it New Line Cinema? No, it? no, no, it's not. They've got like, uh, what's it called? It's like Middleworth something or something. But anyway, they're based in California, of right. course. They own all the Tolkien yeah. estate. Yeah, and they sued a cafe that was like near where Tolkien grew up for using like the Hobbit Cafe or something in the name. Even though, mate, you're on the other side of the world and you're yeah. suing someone who li- who's like based near his birthplace. Like, fuck off. And they sued, do you ever play the Hobbit pub in Southampton? No. Oh. Well, it's like a a pub and venue kind of thing. And they it's called The Hobbit, and they've got all, like, themed drinks in there. Like, you get the Frodo and the Aragorn and all that yeah. kind of shots. And they sued them for copyright infringement, saying <laughs> you need to pay us a licence to use it. Well, that doesn't surprise me, then. And then all these, yeah, they seem very um, sticklers, I would say. <laughs> like, they're really picky. They want to get their money. And I guess they didn't want their products that was associated with all of the rings to be sold for anything that wasn't full price because it doesn't make it seem like a, a premium product kind of thing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, a little bit of trivia. They issued a copyright infringement notice to the Hobbit pub in Southampton, which is a really cool pub, by the way. It's fucking cool. They've got a big statue of Aragorn in there and everything. <laughs> um, and Ian McKellen and Stephen Fry heard about it, and they paid the copyright license for him. Oh, really? Good lads, yeah. I think yeah. there's a picture of them in there as well, like Ian McKellen went down there and stuff, so it was nice of them, wasn't it? I top, mean, top lads. I know they've got the money, but still, they didn't have to do it. No, they didn't have, No, not at all. So, cool. yeah, that was cool. Um, yeah, man, I think I'm about running out of things to talk about. Uh, we talked about a couple of Warhammer 40,000 or tabletop gaming terms that I didn't understand, um, and you explained one of them to me, which was what does tabletop mean? I don't know if we've got time to go into that, but when people say tabletop standard i think
0: every single person has got a different idea of what it means Oh, what well, the definition of tabletop yeah. and, and they you know um display quality and what what actually is there any definitive terms and i think workshop of kind of um with the battle ready and the display ground yes, and the cla- all those different things they've kind of i think you can find like um a definitive well a definition sorry of what that actually entails? Yeah, um, I think it must be like three colours on the model and a base, what well, yeah. a painted base. Yeah, because I,
1: I was looking for it for that
0: I, already, but I don't know what, I don't know
1: where I've seen that. Or I, or I sent you a picture of my dreadnought when it was sort of nearly done. I was like, man, is, is this tabletop yet? And you were like, yeah. And I'm like, oh okay, because I, I thought tabletop meant like decent. Because in my head, it's like if you want to play at Warhammer World, they want stuff painted to tabletop standard. So I was guessing that meant stuff has to be painted really well. Yeah, and I, yeah but I see what you mean. Apparently what it means is up close, one model isn't going to look great, but from the distance you're playing from, you don't notice any big mistakes. And it's more the overall effect of them as a unit. Yeah, Looking at the army in a big lump is good, but by itself it's not like a character
0: kind of quality. That's what tabletop is. Uh, yeah. Yeah. In my my perspective is, yeah, individually there are mistakes and they're a bit rough and ready, but at gaming distance, they look good. Yeah. Yeah, cool. So we've sort of solved that. The one thing I didn't know at all was jink. I hear people say jink all the time. I don't yeah. know what the fuck it means. Or in a gaming way. Yeah. Anytime I watch... a, a jink is kind of like... Um, well, from what I've heard, it's like an ability some things have, like jet bikes. And it's like a dodge yeah. And it's usually interpreted as invulnerable save. Yeah. So I, oh man, you
1: I had to google this because I didn't know and I thought it'd be worth discussing because some people might be like me watch mini wargaming and don't know what the fuck's going on. Yeah. And like I'm hearing the word jink and I'm like that's that's not in the dictionary. It
0: used to be it used to be a rule on its own right. Yeah. I I found that I didn't know if it still was. No. Oh, okay, cool. Well. I, I think it used to be a gen- a general special rule. So, you know like eat on the data cards now you get the special rules for everything on it. Yeah. But in the rule book, there's no special rules. Yeah. It used to be the other way around.
1: Oh, right. right.
0: Where all the special rules for anything you would come across in a game yeah. would be in the main rule book. Oh, okay. So, um, jink would be a term that would say, has a six plus invulnerable save, and they would apply that to... It'd be looking in your book, and it would say jink. So instead of, and so instead of describing what jink actually means... Yeah, on the actual data slate, it will. Th- you'd have to go back to the main rulebook. What does jink mean? Oh, it means this. I want to know how that word came about. That's what I couldn't find. Apparently now it just
1: refers to a four plus invulnerable save. Apparently, any Why th- four plus. I don't know. That's what I found
0: on Google. Because I I don't remember like because it's only like jet bikes used to have it and used to be. I don't think it was ever re- referred to like a, a specific number, but. Uh, oh, an invulnerable save, but I knew it was an invulnerable save that things like bikes would get for being fast.
1: All right,
0: yeah, it makes sense. I just in, in like third ed, that's what it was, I think, or, or and later.
1: All right. Oh, I'm going to quiz you on one now, just before we close out the show and say bye to everyone. <sighs> right, okay. I feel the pressure.
0: All right, go for it.
1: Do you know what the term is for the act of picking on inexperienced players to inflate your own sense of being a capable player?
0: Oh, I thought language. it was a jet this is a rules question. Nah. Oh okay. Um, i have no idea. New bashing. Seal clubbing. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. Wow.
1: It, I think I mentioned it last episode,
0: didn't oh, I? Oh that guy did a bit of seal clubbing,
1: didn't yeah. he? Yeah. And <laughs> so we said yeah. That would make him a seal clubber. <laughs> Fucking hell. Right. Okay, that's enough from us. Uh, We'll probably no, we will see you in the new year. I don't think we're gonna get one done by the end of December.
0: But um, fuck no, it's taking us two months to do
1: this one. Yeah, but there'll definitely be. I I hope there will definitely be one in January. And I think we're looking at potentially getting some interviews going next year because obviously we've kept this going long enough to know that this is going to be a thing that we do now all the time. Um, And on Mark's birthday, which was recently, we went to the pub and met Mister Battlescribe, which was. Yeah, he's a friend. He's a friend of a friend. Yeah, which is a bit random. Yeah. Um, so we were chatting to him. Uh, I'm not going to oh, name. Johnno. Yeah. oh, Okay, we can name job I'm sure it's in the about bit on BattleScribe anyway, in like credits or whatever. Well, how many people do you know called John? Yeah. Like it could be anybody. Yeah, it could be anyone. But yeah, I'm not saying where he lives. Be really cool. Might be able to talk to him on the podcast. But yeah, that remains to be seen. But anyway, I've managed to digress away from seal clubbing, which has disappointed me because I thought that was a good way to close out the <laughs> yeah. episode. Um, right, bye. Bye.